What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, October 27th, 20 and 23. And the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock talking plenty of Texas football. Of course, we'll preview some of the other biggest college football and NFL games in the upcoming weekend. The World Series gets going tonight from Arlington. Game one between the Rangers and the D-Bags. We will preview that as well. Some Cowboys talk, some Texans talk, more Michigan pitfall, and tons of fun to have along the way. Plus, Jeff Howe at 8.30, and our guy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com will join us at 9.15 to give you his winners of the football weekend. We are ready to roll on a Friday morning. What's up, Buck? How are you this morning, my friend? It is a beautiful, beautiful uh... – it was a beautiful morning, nice and crisp outside and uh, a little wet, still a little wet from yesterday's rain. But other than that, it's uh, we need that rain, but we don't need it this weekend. That's for damn sure. But it's I'm doing fine. How are you? How's your family? Everybody's good, man. Good to hear. It's Friday. Tomorrow's game day. The Horns are back in Austin for the first time in a month. There's uh, a lot to be excited about, my friend. A new quarterback for this a new, week? A new quarterback, yeah. Excited, but also anxious. Oh, yeah. About what we're going to see from Malik Murphy tomorrow as he makes his first career start against BYU. We'll let you hear from Steve Sarkeesian throughout the morning as well. He uh, met with the media yesterday to talk more about Malik Murphy and more about Texas getting set for BYU. Of course, Steve Sarkeesian's alma mater, BYU. Yeah, it's that, it's that, that's that final push right now. We're getting to the second part of the season. Final push towards a championship. And good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you for what you do. It is appreciated, and you be safe, please. Okay, you're the weather guy, Buck. Yes. What's the deal? What kind of weather are we going to get tomorrow at the game? Uh, we'll get in, in the, in the mid-80s. It'll be fine. We'll no be rain? Fine. No, I mean, it's, it's going to be – the turf will be wet. It'll be wet around there. We may get a little overnight tonight. But I don't think during game time we're going to have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about wet balls. I mean, by now, you know, you've practiced all week. You've got practice outside, I would hope, in the rain a little bit. You know, so you're used to throwing some balls that aren't quite, you know, you know, they're, they're going to be scuffed up and they're going to be a little bit slick. But you practiced this week with them. So he, the kids should be ready to go. There, okay. shouldn't be, there shouldn't be anything that weather will be your friend. It won't be your foe this week. So. So you're saying there will not be rain during the game tomorrow, no. okay? Oh, no. We're holding you to that, weather guy. Weather guy is weather guy's been good. I've been giving you the rain. I mean, up in the hill country there, they they got as, as much as four inches of rain. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm bringing the rain down. You know what I mean? Oh, you're the rain man now. Yes, yes, but I don't remember. I don't do temperatures. So you, I, you know, you asked me about. I gave you a temperature answer. Uh, I said in the 80s. I don't know if I'm going to be correct on that. I hope it's a nice 80s day for people who are going to see this football game. It'll be really pleasant. You know, not 101 in the stands, you know, 105, you know, 110 on the turf. I hope it's a nice day for everybody. I think we're done with those for this year, at Ooh. least. Yeah. I mean, I thought we were done with 90s and then we got hit with another 90s weekend oh, yeah. last week, but. 
Uh, I think uh, the red hot summer temps are finally behind us. And yeah, the rain cooling things down. And obviously early next week, it's supposed to be in the 40s yes. here in Austin. So uh, getting some of that fall weather, which is much needed and much sure. desired around these parts. All right, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. We'll start with his opening statement before we really dive into what he had to say about the quarterbacks. I say quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks plural because he did start talking about both Malik Murphy and Arch Manning yesterday. Here's the opening statement, though from Steve Sarkeesian talking about this game coming up tomorrow. I think we're in a good you know, frame of mind and space to, to go play a really good football team. You know, this, this BYU team is, is physical. Uh, they're tough. Uh, they, like I said, or on Monday, they've got great schemes. And so they tax you in all three phases that way. Uh, and, and we're going to have to play really well across the board. Uh, we're going to have to play really well at the line of scrimmage. Um, I think the ball will be paramount Saturday, uh, our ability to take care of it. Uh, they, they're a turnover machine on defense right now of, of getting the ball. Uh, and then we got to try to find a way to create some turnover. So uh, in the end, it's been a good week of preparation for us on a lot of levels. Um, but we also know it's a, it's a heck of a challenge and we're looking forward to it being back at home. Yeah. Everything's a heck of a challenge when you got another quarterback, a new quarterback coming in, but let's not make them out to be something more than what they are. So let's just go play the game. You, you should, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be challenged, you know, on the, and the, on the offensive end of it. You should be better in the special teams. You should be way better on the defensive side of the football. And your guys just have to step up and play. But I'm not going to make this out to be one of the better teams that they play or the best team that they play. Well, but, Vegas, like I said, when you got a new quarterback, anything goes. Yeah, I mean, Vegas is telling you what should happen tomorrow, yes. right? Texas is now a 19-point favorite against BYU. And that feels like a lot, but – that's what Vegas thinks is going to happen. And once again, those casinos don't build themselves. They usually right. have a pretty good hunch about what's going to happen in these football games. So that line's been going up throughout the course of the week. It certainly too. has. I mean, you figured with uh, the way Texas looked last week combined with the way BYU looked last week, right? They were very impressive in their victory over Texas Tech. And then obviously you combine that with the fact that Quinn Ewers isn't playing for the Longhorns and you've got a guy making his first career start at quarterback in this game. You would think the money would be coming in on BYU, but uh, that hasn't been the case. I mean, the line opened up 16 and a half to 17, and now we're sitting here. Oh, about 30 hours or so from kickoff, and we're talking about a 19-point line. So that's what Texas should do. Now, the lines don't always matter. Texas was, what, a 24-point favorite last week against Houston? Yes, they were. And they held on for dear life to win by seven. So uh, any Texas fan and any sports fan knows that Vegas ain't always right. Uh, but Vegas is telling you, like like you said, BYU's 5-2, and two, but this is not the toughest team that Texas will play this year. They've got this game at home this weekend they should be able to take care of business even though Quinn Ewers won't be available yeah I mean when different things happen to you sometimes a breath of fresh air who knows I mean who knows how the players are going to react I would think they would react in a positive way to this young guy playing quarterback you know what I'm saying and in all phases of what they do I mean they they understand that everything every movement they make you know penalties will count everything will matter tomorrow in a game where you start a brand new quarterback so I would think this team would be laser focused. And I think you and I have seen them when they're not early in football games. You know, they were last week. They had 21 points in a hurry. Uh, can they stay laser focused, though? That, that's going to be the key. How long can this group focus? And um, you're at home. People are going to be expecting an awful lot. People are expecting an awful lot of this quarterback. 
in his first start. You know, if you just if you just hear people around, it just sounds like man, they're expecting this guy to be the next Vince Young or something. I'm like, wait a minute, this dude is just starting his first game. Let him let him get going a little bit. You know, let the team around him. They have to understand what he's like when the when the bullets are really being fired tomorrow. This is not practice. It's not the spring game tomorrow. This is the re- this is the real deal. How does teammates or how are they going to react when he's a part of the real deal? Are they going to have faith that he can bring them if they're down by if, if things don't happen the right way early? Do they believe he can bring them back, you know, and, and get them going? I mean, not everything's going to be smooth tomorrow. So it's going to be up to, to the rest of these guys who are experienced football players to help this young dude out. People are saying he's the next Vince Young. Well, people are thinking that this is, you know, they see they see him like me. I think, oh, is it Randall Cunningham? Is he going to take off and run all over the place? No, he's going to be – they're going to be very careful of what they do with him. They're not just not opening up the playbook and have him flinging it all over the place. They want him to have success. So he's going to be a little bit nervous tomorrow too. I mean, there's a, you know, he'll be excited but nervous at the same time too. Sure. Yeah, that's impossible, right? I mean, that has nothing oh. to do with Malik Murphy. That's just human nature to be nervous sure. in a spot like this when you're a quarterback making your first career start Absolutely. at any level of football, but especially you know, playing at the University of Texas with a team that's still in the conversation for the college football playoff with a team that wants to win a conference championship this season. Uh, yeah, there's uh, some pressure going on. Yeah, for you, you want to be the guy so bad, you yep. know, you think that guy's sleeping tonight at the hotel? You think Man. he's rolling around, you know, getting up five or six times, walking around the room, whoever he's rooming with saying, get your ass back in bed, man. Come <laughs> on, let's go. We need yep. to get some rest. That dude will not be sleeping tonight. You know, he just hopefully gets enough rest as they go over. They go over to the hotels on Friday. Hopefully while everybody else is, you know, playing games and stuff. Hey, doing Game Boy and Stratego nope. and – sink my battleship and all that other stuff that they'll be playing. No, no No. one's doing any of those. (laughs) What is Stratego? I don't even know what that is. Come on. It's a game. Now, you know, battleship, you played battleship before probably. I know what the game boy is and I know what battleship is, but what is Stratego? It's another one of those games. How about Candyland? That's going way, way back. That's when I was a bit, that's when I was a kid, Candyland. They're all playing those over at the hotel, right? Isn't that? Don't they gather guys and play Candyland? No. I'm willing to put a hundred thousand units on Texas not playing Candyland at the team hotel tonight. I would put more. I would go five hundred thousand units that there's nobody in that group playing Candyland. Well, if you put that many units on it, then the whole team's be playing. playing Candyland. Yeah, <laughs> the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> Considering how cold your cousin has been this year, the I'm hot yeah. right now. I got some hot ones today, brother. Oh, I am boy. so hot and ready to go. You're uh, gross. Oh, don't yeah, don't don't ever say that again, please. <laughs> While you're on camera in front of uh, hundreds of people, we don't well, need that going my, on. My thought in this game is, can Malik Murphy and his Texas offense score? 24 to 28 points. And can this defense hold this group to 17 or less? Oof. Does that sound like a, that sounds like a lot to hold a group to 17, I think you're thinking, more well, so than the 28. I mean, BYU is the worst offense in the Big 12, statistically, right? They are dead last in total offense in this conference, and they are 11th out of 14 teams in terms of scoring offense. So this is not Oklahoma that you're going against. Hell, this isn't even Houston's offense that you're going up against this weekend. So you'd like to think that this defense is capable of keeping BYU below 20. But golly, with all the breakdowns that I saw in the secondary last week. I know. I'm I'm a little weary 
of that. Now, I think Texas's offense should be able to get to 24 to 28. I think there's a chance they crack 30 in okay. this game tomorrow. But, uh, man, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about this being a close game. I, I think you can sense that right now. Like, I, I don't think Texas is covering the 19-point line right now. I think this is a 7 to 10-point margin of victory for Texas. And a close uh, game in a fourth-quarter game. I mean, the, the thing that scares me the most about BYU is the turnover margin. They are one of the best turnover teams in college football. They are fourth in the country in turnover margin per game. They are plus nine on the year. BYU's defense has 16 takeaways. Now, five of them did come last week against Texas Tech, but all that came against a backup quarterback. Who does Texas have this weekend? A backup quarterback. Now, I think Malik Murphy is way better than that Jake Strong cat that they're throwing out in Lubbock right now at your mark you let me get that out there but I am worried we're talking about a very opportunistic defense going up against a quarterback making his first career start and we're talking about a Texas defense yes it did have two takeaways last year but takeaways have been a little bit of a problem for this bunch right this season so when you're talking about you know a good team versus a not so good team what's the one thing that could keep the not so good team in the game it's turnovers BYU yeah. is really good at forcing them and they're really good at not giving the football away that's why I'm a little bit queasy about what this matchup could turn into tomorrow afternoon yeah I see both both quarterbacks being under duress at times tomorrow both defenses are coming to get them and you know they'll twist and stunt they'll take some chances at BYU to get to Malik Murphy or whoever is quarterbacking at the time they're going to come and pressure them somehow and take some chances with their guys on the back end. And that's awful chancy, especially for BYU, if they get caught up in some man-to-man coverage. You know, Texas has guys that go right by them. You know, it, it, it almost feel like the way I felt about Houston's wide receivers versus second the, the secondary of Texas this week, that if the secondary from BYU isn't careful, they're going to have guys going right by them. And we know yeah. this kid has the kind of arm. If he gets the kind of protection, he'll have the kind of arm that can get the ball out there. And I think Sark will take some chances on some long throws tomorrow. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I'm curious what the game plan looks like, but I also think there's a chance that Malik Murphy throws a better deep ball than Quinn Ewers. Could be. I know Ewers connected on a few of them against Alabama, but feels like more often than not over the last couple of years, the deep passing game for Texas hasn't been great. Now, it's not great in that many places around college football, but – uh, man, Malik Murphy has some ridiculous arm strength, and I think there's a chance that, yeah, we might see a couple of deep shots tomorrow, and we might see a couple of deep shots that actually work in this game tomorrow, especially mm-hmm. if BYU is going to play that man coverage on the outside, which you assume they will, right? You assume they'll try sure. to load the box to slow down Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter and force Malik Murphy to beat them, which, yeah, could give the Texas receivers who are really good. I mean, you're talking about – maybe two first-round picks at wide receiver and a potential first-round pick at tight end. Like, if those guys are in man coverage, you feel great about Texas's chances. They should win those matchups more often yes. than not. Yes, they should tomorrow. They should be winning their matchups for sure. But I, I think – and I, I believe Sark is going to understand the importance of the run game tomorrow too. If he's able to run the football, he's not going to put Malik Murphy in spots where he's just throwing it just for the sake of being Sark. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. let's just throw it because, hey, we haven't thrown it enough today. Let's just go ahead and start heaving it. If they're running the ball well and they're dumping off those little screens and creating problems for BYU, then create those kind of problems all day long. You know, Let this quarterback get a win under his belt. He doesn't have to throw for 350 yards to do that. You know, He's got people around him that can run the football. He's got an offensive line. 
that should understand how important they are this week, as a matter of fact, and what, it, what they need to do, whether it's protecting him or running the football and keeping the clock moving and keeping BYU on the sideline this week. That'll be important. So yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, this isn't about ego. This is about protecting a young quarterback this week. And it's about winning. <laughs> yeah, and about winning. You're right. Doing whatever you can do to win. And look, in a perfect world, Texas's offensive stat line looks very similar to the Kansas game, which, of course, was the last home game that Texas has played back at the end of September. And they ran the ball 51 times for 336 yards against the Jayhawks. Now, I was hoping they would do that last weekend against Houston, and they didn't. Give Houston some credit. They did a pretty good job slowing down Texas's run game. Obviously, for the last two and a half quarters, they did a good job doing just about everything against Texas. But that's what you want, right? Texas also held the football for nearly 40 minutes in that win over the Hawks. So you could do something like that. Like you said, you keep BYU's offense on the sideline. You control the clock. You're running the ball early and often, and you're running it effectively. Right. right. Because you also don't just want to run for the sake no, of running, oh no. but you actually are picking up chunk plays on the ground. That right there is exactly what you want, and obviously Texas was able to win that game pretty handily. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, when, when Sark, when he brings up the word physicality, that always scares me because – you know, I, I, I don't want to see a Texas team that's not physical tomorrow. I want to see a finesse team tomorrow because of a, a new quarterback. I want to see a very physical football team, and especially on the defensive front. They have just got to I, – I know BYU will try to run it. They won't be able to run it. But I like to see this group get real physical on the one-on-one matchups that they have in order to get to the quarterback who we know will be standing in one place. Yeah. And, to, and to hit him and get the ball back to the offense in really great field possession. You know, they really need to get the, the field position tomorrow. Texas needs to win that battle. Yep. That you know, they don't need nice. to have long drives. Long drives for them, no good. Short fields, fantastic tomorrow. Agreed. Let's hear a few more from Sark. Um, what about the game plan on offense, right? Everyone's kind of wondering what that's going to look like. And somebody asked Steve Sarkeesian on Zoom yesterday if he's going to be a little bit more conservative in this game because Quinn Ewers will not be a part of it. Here's Sark. Try to recruit players to come here that that fit our system. And I, I think for us, you know, systematically, I want to run our plays and, and our schemes of exactly who we are. And if I didn't think those players were capable of, of doing that at, at any position, most notably quarterback, then they might not be the right fit for, for what we do. And so I think both Malik and Arch are great fits for, for us schematically. Um, again, everybody has their own strengths and, and weaknesses. And then our job is to try to play to their strengths. So we're going to run our stuff. Um, and again, you know, but, but tailor some things to what Malik does well. Um, but again, we, we, we've got a firm belief in, in who we are and what we do and why we do. And I think that's why sometimes in training camp and different things, we may have tough days at quarterback. Um, but that's because we put a lot on them and there's a lot of moving parts to, to what we do, but I have to do that in practice and in training camp and in spring ball so that they can get experience doing what I know we're going to want to do on game day. Well, this guy, this is his first game day, so don't go crazy with all that exotic bullshit tomorrow. <laughs> Just get you some real basic stuff to give him some success. Keep the exotic stuff to when when Quinn yours is back or if this kid is quarterback for the next couple games or either one of these young guys are the quarterback. Keep the exotic stuff in your hip pocket for some other time. Just play some really good sound football tomorrow 
win the football game, have some success, but be careful of your game plan because this is what your schematic scheme deal is all about yep. with a new quarterback, please. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you got to be smart. You can't be too aggressive. Like, I, I, I get what Sark's saying, and he kind of gave a different answer on Monday to a similar question where he just talked more about maximizing the skill sets of yes. Malik Murphy and Arch Manning and tailoring a game plan around what those guys do well. And that's the better answer than the answer he gave yes. yesterday, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, just make life as easy as possible for Malik Murphy. Obviously, Correct. running it just the football. Like he just meant business as usual, the way he just explained Well, yeah, that. like, I get what he's saying. Like, you're, you you know, you've called the same offense, and these guys have practiced what Quinn Ewers has yes. practiced. So it's not like, oh, when Quinn's with the ones during practice, they're doing no, this the same thing. stuff. Yeah, and then when Malik and Arch are in with the twos and threes, it's something completely different. Like, no, the, the concepts, the basic principles of this offense are going to remain the same, but – yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't want to get too exotic. Like, try to make the game as small as possible for Malik Murphy, right? Yes. Half field read. Hell, in a perfect world, it's just one read and go, right? Obviously, running the football was the big thing. That's the number one thing that takes the pressure off of any quarterback. But just short routes, curl routes, hitch routes, one read routes, nothing where Malik Murphy has to scan the entire field and go through three, four, five different progressions to figure out who's open. Like just just keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, I hope and they. Yeah, and I hope they really continue to work their little middle screen game that they had last week. Some of the things that get the ball out of the quarterback's hands pretty quick and gives the running back some space. Yep. The guys out in front of them continue to do that kind of stuff. You know, if they're if they're if their man isn't covering the running back and he's on a blitz and you can dump it off, boy, that'll slow things down for him a little bit. That'll slow the game down for him a little bit too. It keeps the pressure off because they're coming. They're going to be exotic. This is going to be Monday where Sark may say, you know, they did some really different things that we weren't expecting. They're going to do that shit to you on Saturday. Wow. So expect it because they're going to do a lot of different things that you haven't seen maybe by a lot of different teams from where they come. But I know they're twisting and stunning and just making this offensive line have to really, really work. And if they're not up for it and they're in the quarterback's face, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, BYU's defense is naturally aggressive. I don't yes. think they're going to change that. They're not going to be like, oh, well, we've been aggressive all year, so this game we're not going to be. Oh, no. We're going to drop eight guys. No. no, no, they're not going to lay back. I mean, that's why they forced as many turnovers as they have. Like, they take chances on the defensive side of the football, and they know they don't have the most talent in the world, especially in the back end, so they're trying to overcompensate for that by uh, getting pressure as often as they can on opposing quarterbacks. So, yeah, they're, they're going to turn up the heat. They know the situation as well as we do. They know it's a guy making his first career collegiate start at this game on Saturday. They're like Texas is always like, and all of our fans are like, oh, let's get Malik Murphy into a rhythm so the game will be easy. You know what BYU's thinking? Let's make sure this kid doesn't get into a rhythm at all, all on Saturday. And they're going to do whatever they possibly can to ensure that is the case. And that means so, stopping your run game too. As you yeah. said, bringing people up on the line of scrimmage, they don't want to get that thing going. How about this? We got somebody accusing me of being a racist today. Why do I assume beat Malik can't read defenses? Because he's black? No, because it's his first career game, idiot. Yeah. I don't no, think I Arch Manning is ready to read defenses. I said last year when Quinn Ewers started, I didn't think he was ready to read defenses. You also yeah. said Daddy Trill that Malik Murphy was going to throw an interception yesterday. So what are you are you racist too? You don't think Malik Murphy can read defenses? Give me a break, dude. One day to the next, different different thoughts, different opinions. Come on, my man. God, no, no, I'm no. He's he's because he's a young quarterback in his first football game. 
Yeah, that's I'm saying make it easy. I don't. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm saying make life as easy as possible for your young quarterback. That's what every coach does. Dude. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you have to do going into his first game. I mean, you don't want to give him the most difficult things. That's why I said keep all that exotic stuff in your hip pocket for a while until you know he's very, very you know he's really comfortable. Let him get comfortable in the game. Then you do whatever you need to do. And everybody in the world will know when he's comfortable. We'll all see that. That's not just for the coaches to see. That'll that's that's for the people that are viewing the game. That's for his teammates. They'll understand when that guy's in a rhythm and when he's comfortable throwing the ball. Yep. You know, it's not about reading defense. It's about him being comfortable. You know, put him in a situation where, okay, make this throw in this tight window. We like to see how you do that for your first throw. That would be stupid. That's that's not being smart. That's being dumb. Put him in the most comfortable situations you can get him to. They'll be in. Hey, it's going to be difficult enough. Big yep. Dad. I mean, it, it just is. That's just the way it's going to be. It, it's already. It's, I'm, I'm asking. I'm talking. I'm talking about how this dude is sleeping tonight, and 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 guys are worried about if he's black or white or blue or. I'm like, no, I'm worried about that dude gets enough rest tonight. Right. 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 right, right. His mind is going to be going through. Yep. I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian. Everyone's been asking about the leash, right, Buck? Yes. You know, what, what happens if Malik Murphy struggles? Is Sark racist if he pulls Malik Murphy at any point during the game tomorrow? The people want to know. Uh, here's the question. How long of a leash will you have with Malik Murphy in this game tomorrow? World, he finds rhythm, stays hot, and plays a great four quarters, and, and, and that's the way the game goes. But the reality of it is most football games don't go that way. Uh, quarterbacks, you know, I've yet to find a quarterback that's gone 30 for 30 and then hundred percent and everything's perfect and ha makes every perfect read. And so um, what I try to gauge is, you know, is he seeing what he's supposed to be seeing uh, are his eyes where they're supposed to be? Um, can he get fooled on coverages? Of course he can. Can he get fooled on RPOs? Of course he can. Um, but as long as, you know, he can tell me what he saw and why, uh, that then I'm okay. Right. And if he does get a little bit out of rhythm, all right, how do I do a good job of trying to get him back into rhythm? Right. And so that could be utilizing the run game that could be using some, utilizing some advantage throws that could be moving the pocket. Um, there's a variety of things that we can do there, uh, to try to get him back into rhythm if he does get out of it. Um, but inevitably I don't, I don't expect Malik to go out Saturday and just play perfect. Uh, that, that wouldn't be realistic. Um, but uh, you know, what we try to do is put him in the best position to have success. Um, and then, and then navigate our way through the, the even flow of, of a football game, which, which is how every game goes. Yeah. And, and also how his team reacts to him, whether he's going up or down, you know what I mean? If, if he throws an interception, if he get if a, if a fumble happens, what does the defense do? How do they react to it? It's about everybody's reactions tomorrow. It's just not about his reaction. It's about how did the team react to him when things aren't going so smooth? Do they, did they have his back? You know, do they get the ball and turn it back? I mean, if, if he gives it up, does the defense come in, get a three and out, and he gets it right back? And then how does he react from that point on? I mean, it's about reactions to, you know, to how he's going to play and how his team reacts. What yeah. if his, his team reacts? Great. If he's had some downtime and they're still winning, he's not having the greatest of days. But his team is doing things, turning the ball, getting it back to him. They're scoring points. But he's not, like I said, that 300-yard passer. He's passed for, you know, 205, but they're running the ball well. They're getting the ball back. The, the deep, I mean, it's there's a lot to a football game, not just, you know, just how does he react, just how do the people around him react to him.
Yeah, the quarterback is always going to get more credit when sure. things go right, and they're always going to get more blame when things go wrong. Like people sometimes forget this is a team game, and it's decided by sure. Forget, forget just twenty-two; it's decided by all eighty-plus guys that you have That's on right. a college football roster. So, yeah, everybody look. Everybody's got to be better than what they were last week. Like that, there's no doubt. Even if Quinn Ewers was the quarterback tomorrow, it's like, well, you got to do better than what you did. Hell, the last two games that Texas has played because they've made way too many mistakes. In one game, it cost them a win, and in the other game, it nearly cost them uh, as a 24-point favorite. So a lot of guys have to up their game a little bit. But then you throw the fact that, yeah, you've got a guy making his first career start at quarterback. Then it's like, okay, we've got to pick this guy up. Like you said, the running backs, they need to know that, hey, we're going to be getting the ball a lot. We've got to be able to run it well. The O-line, as you talked about, they've got to be better. The wide receivers, hey, we, we got to get open, man. Like, we got to make sure that we're running our routes as crisp as possible and we're winning our one-on-ones so our guy is somebody to throw to. And, yeah, the defense, like you said, they got to be thinking complimentary football. For right? sure. Like, what, what can we do to make sure that uh, our quarterback looks as good as possible? Because How are we going like everyone... to stop them pick routes? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it sounds like everybody in the locker room loves Malik Murphy. Well, they'll, so, pr- they'll have to prove it tomorrow. Yeah, like I, I think guys want to play for this dude, and they're going to rally around this dude. So the hope is like, yeah, you know, the, the coaching that they've undergone this week, getting a couple of guys from injury, and then boom, they just they really like Malik Murphy. Uh, that just inspires everybody to go out there and play a better brand of football than what we've seen. And hopefully this Texas team looks more like the team that started 5-0 and and was ranked number three in the country versus uh, the squad we've seen in the last two games. You know who Malik Murray's used to throwing to? Nayor. Mm-hmm. What? So what? Are, you, are you calling Isaiah Nayor tomorrow? Come on. I this guess you're real. right, right? Malik Murphy's probably used to throwing to Jonte Cook and Isaiah Nayor more than Quinn Ewers did at practice. Yes. So, Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I, I got a hunch. Are you waiting to see, see that? It. Are you wanting to see that? Or are you just waiting to see it? Or you don't know what to expect if you do see it? I'm cool with it. Like with all that we heard about Isaiah Naor last year before he got hurt, felt like this guy was going to be a beast. And the guy had what a 11 touchdown year at Wyoming two seasons ago. Like I've been hoping we were going to see Isaiah Naor all season, but I just, I don't expect it to happen at this point. I don't either. I mean, you barely see him play against rice in Wyoming. I don't, <laughs> I don't think all of a sudden when a five and two BYU team comes to town, you're going to with a see new a quarterback. Bunch of him. Yeah. With the new quarterback out there. Like, no, no oh, that's going to be great. When Nayor tomorrow has 15 grabs. How cool would that be? Wow. It'd be awesome. Cause that, that would be news all over the country. Yeah. It'd be uh it'd be a sign of the apocalypse. I think is what it would be. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be worried if that happened that, Worthy, Mitchell, and Whittington all got hurt in the game. That's, or they that's quit. What, or, yeah, or they walked out of the team mid-game. God bless. Yeah. God bless. All right, before we uh, bring Jeff Howe on, how about some love to some of our great sponsors, Buck? I love it. Texas Orthopedics. If you're seeking specialized, patient-focused orthopedic care, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, uh, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. And folks, their doctors are dedicated to giving you the best treatment you can get and getting you into good health and that great quality of life that you deserve. Visit them at txortho.com. They are one of the largest independent orthopedic practices in the state of Texas. As I said, for more information, go to txortho.com. 
TexasOrthopedics.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Texas Orthopedics and shout out to Great Blue Heron Furniture as Doggo. well. Great Blue Heron Furniture with that doggo on that gorgeous couch sitting on top of Bucky's head. Great Blue Heron Furniture, they've been around since 1991. It's a custom leather furniture company. The focus is on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. This stuff is gorgeous. I was looking at our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection over there at Great Blue Heron Furniture last night. This stuff is beautiful. This stuff is incredibly well built, and it is very comfortable to mm. you. You will not find more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere in the entire world. You can find it online. Don't, don't go to that blue and yellow Swedish store where they got those meatballs <laughs> Don't do this where you have to build it yourself. And it takes you like two and a half weeks to figure out what the hell is going on. That wood did you have to re-glue back when it cracks? Yeah, no. Come get, on, man. Get great custom built furniture that is going to last you for decades and that uh, you are absolutely going to love. And our friends at Great Blue Hair and Furniture right now are hooking you up with 15% off. All you have to do is use the promo code HOOKEM when you check out once again that website great blue heron furniture.com love it and you know what i got this morning uh is that the olipop the classic the classic root beer olipop i've not had one of those oh you haven't had the root beer yet no i have not oh man it's a top three flavor for me i'm hung up on that grape it's hard to get away from that grape I think, man, a great, I think the grape is a top one flavor for me right now. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Olipop. If you haven't had this stuff yet, you are missing out. The Buck is a believer. Chip Brown is a believer. Wags is in the Olipop game now. And uh, I absolutely love this stuff. It's a great-tasting soda. I mean, this stuff tastes like root beer, and you're like, okay, well, it's root beer. Congrats, BK. That's cool. Well, the difference between this and a normal can of root beer is that this stuff is actually healthy. Nine grams of fiber. In this can, only two to five grams of sugar in every can of Olipop. 35 calories in this bad boy, too. Inside of every can, prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fibers. This stuff helps digestive health. It tastes great, and it also gives you health benefits, too. I didn't think that was possible to do both. Olipop made it possible. Shout out to them for being them, and shout out to them for being a great sponsor. And shout out to Austin Duck Adventures for having you and I on the side of their duck boat. That's right. There is an adventure as you and I go into, into, uh, into the lake. That's right. We're on, we're on land and we're on lake, not sea. They don't put us in the sea, but they do put us in the lake. So thank you to duck awesome duck, uh, tours for doing that for us. And boy, that is, that is some picture of us. That's a, that's me. That's how tall I'd like to really be, but <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, no, you're what, 5'2", five, 5'3"? Five, what are you five, these nine. days? 5'9", nine, some change there, Doug Flutie. Not oh. so fast, midget. Not so fast. <laughs> Can't be lying to the people like that. Come on, dude. I am taller than Charlie Strong and Shaka Smart. I know that. I can eat a three-course meal off the top of their heads. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a relatively grown-up man and an old grown-up man, yes. How big are their heads if you can put three courses on both of them? <laughs> That's they a your question there. Are five seven and five five. I'm five know. foot nine and a quarter. Mm, now I know you're lying right there. A I'm quarter. gonna say my this Doug Flutie. Mm. I see Doug Flutie on all those low T commercials. Does that mean you're he and Frank Thomas? Yeah. Hey Frank Thomas. 
Hey, Doug. That's the guy from those Nugenics commercials. There you go. If I ever meet Frank Thomas, that's what I'm going to say. Like, everyone's going to be like, oh, you know, the Hall of Famer Frank Thomas. I'm going to be like, oh, the Nugenics guy. How's your tea, Frank? How's your low teas? And, and does she still love it, too? Looks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over at the dude and says, hey, she'll love it, too. Evan hit it with the girl. Quit smiling uh, at my girl, Frank. Oh, my God. Ooh, good question from Grant. Are you taller than Tom Herman? I don't think so. Mm. No. I've never been that close to that dude. Yeah. He's probably a 5'10 or guy. He's probably 5'10. No, I'm not 5'10. I'm 5'9. Five nine and a quarter. Don't forget. That's right. Five Don't nine forget. and a quarter. All right. More from Steve Sarkeesian. I just texted Jeff Howe to see what he's got going on. Hopefully he joins us here within the next few moments to talk some more Texas and BYU. But hey, we could keep talking Texas and BYU. So uh Sark was posed a pretty simple question yesterday. I mean, towards the start of the press conference, he announced that Malik Murphy is going to be the starter. I think we all knew that that was the case, but Sark made it official official yesterday. Well, there was a follow-up to that, and somebody asked Sark if Arch Manning is going to play in this game tomorrow. Here's Coach. He said Malik's going to start the game and, and, and go play in this game. Uh, I haven't made a, a, a decision if, if I'm going to get Arch in there just to get him in there and or not. Um, but we, we have, we have discussed that some, um, because I do think there's some valuable experience for him in that, but I have to make sure that that's in the best interest of the team. Right. And I have to make sure that, um, the, the team comes first and everything that we do. Um, but I do, I do see the value in something like that. I just, I just, I'm not ready to make that, make that call yet. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to make the call, just do it. We don't, I mean, you make the call, you don't have to make the call to us on a Thursday. We don't care. You know, on Saturday, if the time is right, then put him in the game. That that's all. That's what he's saying. He'll he'll have a feel. He'll have he'll have a feel for where the game is and and how he feels the game is in hand. I hope you know, and not just for the sake of saying I put him in the game. Put him in. Put him in with a purpose for him to 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 do some things that you want to see him do. You know, in in the context of what the offense is all about. And once again, keep that exotic stuff in your hip pocket, there, coach. You know, Trey made Trey made an interesting prediction on the midday show yesterday. But he said something that was worth saying. Is that or is just was it just interesting? What what was it? Was it mind? But was it earth shattering? No. Well, it's Trey, so it was never going to be earth shattering. Okay. Yeah, never going to be that intelligent. <laughs> we know that from that dude. We've all learned that over the years. He thinks Arch Manning's going to play like a decent amount tomorrow. And it's almost regardless of how Malik Murphy plays. Like Trey's prediction was like, yeah, Malik Murphy's going to get the first couple of series of the game, and then Arch Manning's going to get a series. Like something like that to where, hey, they're just going to roll with that thing. And maybe as the game goes along, they'll just ride the hot hand. But I asked Trey as a follow-up, I'm like, okay, what if you know Malik Murphy gets the ball and Texas scores touchdowns on his first two drives of the game, and the Longhorns are up 14 to nothing. Are you telling me that you think Arch Manning's going to get into the game? And he's like, yep. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yep. I don't so think so. He's like, regardless of what Malik Murphy does, if Texas is up 14 nothing after two series, if Texas is down 14 nothing after two series, like Trey's prediction is that we see Arch Manning play in this game a decent amount, and it's not because – you know, Texas is up 21 in the fourth quarter, and now ah, we could take Malik out. It's no, that's going to be part of the game plan tomorrow from the jump. Well, I, I don't believe that because I, I don't think this this head coach likes playing, you know, rotating quarterbacks. We've seen him 
when they needed to do those things uh, a year ago with, with Hudson Card. And when, 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 the, when, the, when Quinn Ewers was having a bad game and everybody was saying, hey, put the other guy in. Let's see what's going on. He wouldn't do it then. I mean, you want, if, if a guy is going, this is going to be your quarterback for a while. Whoever starts right now is going to be your quarterback for a while, I've got to believe, over the next couple of weeks. I want to give that guy as many snaps and as much success as I can. Now, if the, if the quarterback who's the, now the backup behind the, the, the second string guy, I'm not doing that just for the sake of, oh, no, give him a couple series. Hell no. I'll yeah. put him in there in the third. If, if, if things are kind of in hand and you're up, you know, 17, 21 points, yeah, I bring him in the game. Or you're down, like you say, by that and the ball's not moving. Now I make the change. But I'm not making the change just to give a guy a series so because it, it feels good, because it looks good. You know, you've got to know what's, what the situation is when you put that next guy in there. Yep. I'm, because I you want him to also succeed. You don't want him to come in and have something to happen to him. You go back to the guy, even if it's in hand, you go back to the guy who started it, who's doing well, and, and the guy you bring back the second time, you want that guy to have some success too in the context right. of what's going on in the football game too. You don't want to screw up two guys for the, you know, for the sake of, of, of just doing it. No, I, I'm not into the rotating quarterback deal. Yeah, the only time I want to see Arch Murphy, Arch Murphy, Arch Manning tomorrow is in the last five minutes of the game because Texas is up by three touchdowns. Yeah, or yeah. or yeah, I mean, or, or like you said, if you're up three touchdowns and and you've got ten minutes to go in the game and you want to get him in there and get some snaps, okay. But I still want the other guy in there because I want him in in the fourth quarter. Whether yep. you're winning or I want him to be in a fourth quarter game. I'm not saying okay, here take your first series in the fourth quarter. We're up by you know 17 points. Arch come in. No, I want you. I want my starting quarterback in there in the fourth quarterback for a couple series. Yep. Well, let's bring in on our guy uh, and last we'll Jeff Howe of Horns 24 7. And of course, Texas Sports Unfiltered, what he thinks about all of this. By the way, Jeff will be on with Trey this afternoon from three to five. So you can hear more of Jeff a little bit later. Uh, Jeff, first of all, good morning. How are you? Doing well, fellas. It's it's been one of those mornings. I was sitting here looking at my computer. I'm like, why is my screen dark? And then I realized that like my webcam clips onto the top, so it covers up the FaceTime camera. So it's one of one of those mornings already. So other than that, I'm good, man. I'm there you good. go. Been there. So your thoughts on all of this, right? Like Trey made the prediction on our show yesterday, uh, and maybe he'll make this prediction again this afternoon with you. So and don't let thinks- him. Don't let him do it. Don't let him screw up. Screw you up, Jeff. Don't let him try to take control of your mind because that guy can try to take control of your mind. No, I, I, I think I got Doc Trey figured out. But okay, there you go. That makes some kind of dead mind trick or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. So he thinks that there's going to be kind of a quarterback rotation in this game tomorrow, to where Malik Murphy maybe starts. Well, he definitely will start the game. Then he plays a couple of series, and then Arch Manning gets into the game for a series. Do you think that's the case, or is this a Malik Murphy unless something goes horribly awry? That is, that's not Sark's mo. Number one, number two, um, I just have a hard time believing that Sark would would get Malik Murphy this ready and then throw this kind of a curveball against an opponent where you don't really need to throw a curveball. You should need to throw a curveball to beat this BYU team. And third. With Arch in his playing time, I keep going back to once you get through this week, you, you'll be, you know, this this will be game eight. Next week, you'll be, you know, and you got four left after mm-hmm. the regular season. I think at that point, then you can play Arch in any of those games in any situation and not have to worry about burning a redshirt because you're not going to play him in the big – if you get to the Big 12 championship game, you're not going to play him in a conference championship game regardless, right? 
Uh, you figure if you're there, Quinn's probably back by that point. I, I think if you do see Arch tomorrow, uh, then it's pro- it, it probably tells you that that week-to-week status for Quinn is probably a little more dire than we think or that we've been led to believe, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't think that it is. So, because you at that point it's like, look, yeah, you got to do what's in the best interest of the kid, but you got to do what's in the best interest of your team. You're you're competing for a conference championship. You're competing for a college football playoff spot. So, I I, I think it's always dicey when you start getting into these situations of, hey, we're gonna play this guy this series, but we want to play this guy this number of plays. No, man, just just go worry about winning the damn game. I, I feel like this staff, honestly. And this is obviously in hindsight because I wasn't talking about this way last week leading up to the game. I think the staff did too much of that going into the Houston game. Uh, we only want to play this guy in case of an emergency, and and we'll play this guy a little bit. But you know, if we get a lead, then then we'll get him out. We'll get this guy in. Just go worry about winning the damn game first, and then worry about all right. Now let's see what we got to do to you know a guy that might not be 100 percent healthy, get him out or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that, Jeff. The way you, just just exactly the way you said that, and you know, it's uh, that's not Sark's deal. I mean, he didn't do it no. last year when they when we thought Hudson Card should be in games. I mean, he didn't do it when when everybody around him was screaming to do it. Man, if he so, if he didn't do it against Oklahoma State or TCU last year, then it's uh, you know, and he, you know, even you go back to year one, uh, you know, you think about like the Arkansas game. He didn't do it. He didn't make the no. change until. The, the outcome was done at that point. And even like the Iowa state game, it took like, all right. Yeah. Casey Thompson really can't like grip a football. I, I gotta, I gotta get sure. somebody else in there that can actually function. So yeah, it's just, that's just not Sark's MO to do that. Mm. Yeah. What do you think uh, the, uh, you got something? Buck? Oh no, go ahead, buddy. Okay. I was going to ask Jeff. I mean, look, I, I, I won't ask you right now what you expect to see from Malik Murphy in terms of a stat line, but I will ask you, you know, what type of offense do you expect to see tomorrow? Does it look the exact same as the offense that we've seen from Steve Sarkeesian with Quinn Ewers under center? Do we get some changes? Is there a little bit more of a conservative nature? Like what what type of changes, if any, do you expect from Sark's game plan in this one? You know, I, I'd like to say, BK, that it's going to be a little more conservative. But again, that's just not. That's just not how Sark rolls. He's, I just don't think he's wired that way. Uh, the deep ball is definitely going to be in. And I even think you'll see some of the route concepts and, and some of the passing game concepts that we've become familiar with Sark's offense, especially like uh, your deeper comebacks, your deeper outs, stuff like that, your deeper in-breaking routes. I, I had a really interesting conversation this week uh, with somebody connected to a staff. that it, it was It's a, from a, a school that's already played Texas this year, and they had gone and scouted. You know, they, Obviously, they had done their homework on Quinn, but they wanted to be as prepared as possible, so they watched – whatever they could on Malik, which at the time, not a lot of film out there on him. Uh, and, and even Arch, which is mostly for both those guys, it's mostly spring game and, and high school stuff, but they, this staff, this staff and, and some good coaches on this staff felt like, you know, Quinn throws with touch and velocity, but in terms of just a dude that can just let it rip and put a ball on people, they thought Malik Murphy had the stronger arm. So there's still some of your vertical stuff and some of your deeper stuff that you can keep in the playbook. Um, where I think you're, and, and this is typically where inexperienced quarterbacks struggle. I think some of the intermediate game stuff you'll probably see a little bit less of that. But you know, if Sark doesn't have to do that type of stuff, we, we saw how long it took him to get to that point where that stuff became a regular part of the game plan with sure. win. So I think you'll probably see 
a lot like if you go back to early last year or even with Quinn coming back from the injury. I think that's the type of stuff you'll see tomorrow. As far as run game, though, I, I only think I don't think you'll see the run game be conservative. If anything, I think you'll see the run game be a little more dynamic, uh, be a little more diverse. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I can see you know guys like Ad Mitchell getting balls you know in in the zones where the ball gets on him in a hurry. He's got mm-hmm. great hands. He yeah. likes the ball like that. Quinn throws a ball that's he throws a nice soft ball. He has a really nice touch on it. Now he can throw with velocity to get a ball there for depth of routes, but it doesn't get on you like this kid's ball. I mean, oh. even the high ball he threw last week was there when the head was turned around. I mean, it would have taken the head off if it would. You're either going to catch it or your fingers are going to be busted up. Yeah. So you better be ready for it. You know, when your head gets around, everything else better get around. It better not just be your head. You better be squared up to the ball for with this guy right here. But he, can, yeah. he also can throw a ball that I got to believe that you can catch and run, especially if you're, you know, deep slants where you you want to – where this team, we've been always looking to see a guy catch the ball and then run with it after the catch. He throws the type of ball that will get there in a hurry, and if he gets out in front of you, you catch it. You're going to have speed because it's going to force you to be going forward, yeah. you know, on those kind of slant routes. I do worry about – that's the one I do worry about more than anything. I've Quinn yours has really started to get really good at throwing – taking something off of his slant routes, understanding where the window is, this is going to be difficult, I got to believe, early for this young guy because he's going to throw some slants that are going to go through the chest of some guys. But I'm not worried about defenders intercepting balls because they're going to have their fingers broken if they're not used to being cat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they stick I, their hand in there. Yeah. With the stuff you hear about Malik, is the stuff we used to hear about Chris Sims, right? Where receivers, even in the summertime, guys were having to wear gloves like he'd rip the skin off guys hands or you know guys jamming an index finger like dude you don't need to throw you don't need to throw that heater every time yeah and, and i do you know bucky then granted it's it's with probably the the spring game sample and, and maybe some rice rice film sprinkled in there but th- again this this coaching staff that prepared for texas already this year they felt like malik murphy just naturally just mechanically how he is throws a better deep ball a more catchable deep, deep ball than quinn which actually that you might that might catch some people by surprise, but that to me makes a lot of sense. You know, the deep ball is kind of one of those things. Uh, it's almost like a guy in baseball with a natural kind of kind of home run type swing, man. Sure. That not natural uppercut you swing. Like you either have it or you don't. It's really hard to kind of coach that in the guys. So yeah, he knows how to leave a little air under the ball. Yeah, so I, I do think you'll see Texas, uh, you know, take some shots, but. I think one of the one of the things in the past game that I really wish they would use, and Quinn can obviously make these throws. I'm, I'm making Quinn Ewer sound like you know Steve Grogan or something with his lack of arm strength here, but you know it, it's what I we've seen it work too. We really saw them do it against Kansas. Those kind of 15 to 18 yard comebacks, the stop routes, the outs, sure. because with the speed this receiver group has, especially Xavier Worthy. You know, if he's pressing a route vertical, you've got to respect the speed to where you're naturally going to just, you know, forget a back pedal. You're turning and running. Yes. And and all of a sudden that dude's stopping 15 to 18 yards down the field and boom, making an easy catch. And then he's up the field and, and you've got the change move with an explosive play without having to throw it 30, 40 yards down the field. So that's the kind of stuff that I think you'll see stay in the playbook. I, I hope, Bucky, my hope is they don't get away from the screen game too much because I this, love it. this is a real – the screen game, Sark screen game, I haven't seen the screen game at Texas be this good since Brian Harson uh, over a decade ago. I thought Brian Harson was a really good OC in terms of calling a screen game. Uh, and when Sark dials it up, when it's working, man, this screen game is really, really good. I really hope they don't get away from that. Yeah, the extension of, of the of the running of the, for the running backs and, and getting Jonathan Brooks in these little middle screens 
when guys mm-hmm. are overrun them and you get offensive linemen down the field or, or when the defense comes flying up the field and he catches the ball with guys in front of him, he really sets up the screen really, really well. And, and they're doing it from all angles. I mean, they're doing yeah. it out towards the tight end area. They do it in the middle of the offensive line. You know, there's always the quick swing screen to Xavier Worthy. Let's expect that on the first play in order to get the quarterback going anyway, no matter what. BYU will be expecting a swing screen of some type early in the football game. Maybe the first play even. They should be there sitting and waiting because I will. But, you know, I, I like the way they're starting to run that screen game. And you're right. And this is the first time in a long, long time you've seen that from University of Texas. I, I see uh, Double D in the chat say, I hear screen game and all I think of is Greg Davis. No, that was a screen call. This is this is a screen game where you have multiple different types of screens and, yes. and, a, and a variety of screens that can work, not just that tunnel not screen, the screen, not the bubble, <laughs> and and you hope it you hope it works this time. Uh, and it's funny, Greg Davis' screen game suddenly got a lot better when he was having Quan Cosby and Jordan Shipley run screen. Oh yeah, screens, which, you know. Uh, point aside, Buck, I don't I don't know that uh maybe your guy Wayne McGarity but I don't know that I've ever seen a wide receiver at Texas run a screen better than Quan Cosby that just understood naturally just how to run with the ball in his hands but I digress the point is I hope they don't get away from it I hope they do that because again man those are high percentage throws get your guys some confidence early and then you know mate you'll need some of those because we talk about getting the ball on people those first two three throws when he he stands back to let us that adrenaline is going to be pumping it's I'd love to see like some, you know, trackman data like they use in baseball on wow. Matt Murphy. See see what the exit velocity on some of those throws is going to be tomorrow. Jeff, who's who's playing tomorrow, man? I mean, I, like I'm not trusting Steve Sarkeesian when it comes to injury notes anymore because he didn't say a word about Jade Barron who didn't play in the first half of last <laughs> week's game. He's telling us these guys are healthy. And these guys aren't healthy. And then, well, it's just a jumbled mess. So yeah. I know yesterday, I think Chip asked him a question about like, hey, who's playing? Are these guys playing? And he just said, yeah, these guys are probably good to go. But of all the guys who have been banged up, who do you think suits up? And who do you think needs another week for Texas? Yeah, I felt like Chip ran through like half the roster <laughs> when he was asking that question. Yep. Uh, you know, I think the three guys, obviously, that you're that you're looking at are those guys that are in that you know, kind of that week to week category, like you talked about Ethan Burke. Ethan Burke's been hurting for a while. I think we've all kind of seen that. And then Quinn and then Jalen Catalan. All the scuttlebutt has been that you'll you'll see Ryan Watts back. It sounds more likely than not that you'll see him back this week. Uh, you know, some of those other guys, I think, you know, Gavin Holmes, Jet Bush, I think those two guys are, are in that category of probably want to see how you know they warm up, how they look, you know, pregame. Um, I don't know that any of those other injuries, you know, the two guys, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of, you can kind of throw Jade in this category, but I mean, obviously at this point he's good. I was pretty much floored that Jake majors played last week against Houston and you could tell he wasn't a hundred percent, but you know, again, he was one of those, those guys that was part of that plan. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get him in there and, and, you know, if, if we get a lead then then we'll let, you know, Connor Robertson or somebody else take it over, man. I, I think when you start doing that stuff, Bucky, you've been you've been around this a long time and been in some of those meetings. When you start planning for stuff like that, that's it borders on just disrespecting the opponent and you're not focused on everything you need to be focused on as a staff. So either the guy's healthy enough to play or he's not. Right. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully Jake Majors is is a little bit better this week with that ankle and, and he's good to go. But yeah, BK, I think most of those guys are gonna be fine. But I think like a couple guys like Gavin Holmes. 
Jet Bush. There's a few guys that I think, you know, watch him pregame. Ryan Watts is the big one, though. Yeah. I mean, communication in the secondary the last couple of weeks has been terrible. It's been, it's been awful. And I think Ryan Watts being back, aside from the fact that he is your best press corner, uh, just getting him back just so the communication just funnels better, so it's a little more streamlined, that's going to help the secondary, I think, more than anything, just to have a, a familiar voice. Back well, it, it helps your 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 linebacker so he can start paying attention to more of what's going on in front of him instead of turning around and looking back and seeing if that guy's in the right position yeah. or that guy. He's he's trying to keep, take care of, you know, the front four and the back. He's trying yeah. to take care of all the positions where he's got to do a better job at his position. You know, he, he's got a lot on his plate because they expect a lot from him. But when he's trying to orchestrate everybody in front of him and behind him, that's difficult. You gotta, yeah, you got to think too, Bucky, with their rotations last with between the guys that they had out with injuries and their rotations. I mean, you had defensive series last week where you had no Ryan Watts, no Jade Barron, no Jalen Catalan, no Jaron Thompson. Basically, like your four biggest voices in the secondary, none of those guys were on the field for portions of that game last week. So, and Jade Barron wasn't a hundred percent. Jaron Thompson got picked on a lot when he was out there anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, your, your communication has been bad, but, and, and I, it can't be any worse. I think, I hope it can only get better from here. Yeah, I, keep, I think that's, the, I think that's a huge part of their problem right now. I keep looking around, looking for another Houston receiver crossing across my room. I mean, wow. I got UTSD from that. <laughs> what, what's, what's the deal with that, Jeff? Like, a lot of guys were banged up last week, so yeah. obviously that 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 means your depth is going to be tested. But what like what is the safety rotation that all of a sudden we saw in that game against Houston? Like there are guys who are on the field who just shouldn't be on the field, and in big spots in a close game in the second half, in a game that you had to win to keep your Big Twelve and playoff hopes alive, yeah. you just had way too many backups in the game. Is that like why was that? And will we see that again? I hope not, and I think part of that is, you know, hey, let's – it just seemed all around BK, and again, again, this is in hindsight because if you go back and listen like last Friday's show, I was definitely not of this mindset. It's almost like the staff treated this game like, hey, let's use the Houston game to figure out who we can count on for these last five games in case we don't get Catalan back or in case today is out for more than a week or, you know, Watts has a setback or whatever. Uh, so I think that's why – because the rotations – I mean, other than Jalen Catalan being on a pitch count, the rotations haven't been just as head-scratching as they were last week. Uh, you know, I've got a feeling at this point, man, if you're if you're Blake Gideon or Terry Joseph, whoever's making the call back there, or PK, man, at some point you've either got to trust Derek Williams or you don't. You, know, you yeah. either trust him to be out there in a big spot or you don't. You either trust Malik Muhammad to be out there in a big spot or you don't. Uh, so I, I think you'll – I hope you'll see some more of those guys. Look, I mean, we're not – I just gonna sound like I'm picking on the guy, but I mean, you you can point to two or three just egregious errors Keaton Crawford had sure. in the game, and it's not it's not that you know he is reading things wrong. It's just it, it's technique stuff, and it's like, dude, as a as a senior, if you're gonna do that kind of stuff, man, I can't I can't have you out there. I'm gonna take my chance with the I'm gonna take my chance with the freshman who's got a little more upside. So, well, it, it's you can't be a step behind. And yeah. a couple of those guys seemed like they were one full step, maybe two steps behind guys. And it's not like they've never seen it. Some of those guys are, have been starters before. They've I seen crossing routes before. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. You shouldn't be in this trail position all yeah. the time. You yeah. know, you can't trail guys. Yeah, you know, Craw- Keaton Crawford's too. The, the one you're talking about, Buck, they were uh, – I think Houston was an empty. And uh, I think it was Manjack that was crossing his face. And, like, he sees it. 
he reads it, but he just kind of keeps flat foot reading it and then trailing. I'm like, dude, if you're trailing that, you got to realize you got no help on that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, so there's if you, you're right. In a, in a trail technique in that situation, dude, if you don't make that tackle, that's, that's not a 12 yard gain. That's like a 70 yard touchdown. And then the one that they thought was the touchdown that they brought back, it's like, all right, you, you see him breaking vertical. There's only so much green he's got before he gets to red. Like you gotta, you gotta run with him. Like you can't, and he, it, it just shows, I think that's the frustration with Keaton Crawford is you see the recovery speeds are like, dude, he's a really good athlete, but it's like, dude, don't, don't take the chances that you don't need to take. And at, at this point in the season, it's like, look, I'm, I've either got to, you know, hope that he gets it. Are you going to either hope so a veteran gets it figured out or are you going to go with a younger guy like a Derek Williams that is, you know, I don't, it's not coachability, but maybe you trust him to do the right thing and then yeah, there's some there's some there's some missteps some false steps that they take that put them behind behind a guy but there are veteran guys that shouldn't be taking those kind of steps they should they should understand some of these crossing routes yeah. and as you said the the thought of hoping that that quarterback isn't accurate while that guy is flying across the field it's almost like they're hoping oh he's not going to hit him in stride and dude last week was hitting guys in stride we knew that guy could throw you know, yeah. we we knew he, he he just torched you the year before with a bunch of that same kind of stuff. And if you didn't understand it then, I guarantee you understand it after last week. I mean, if you leave, if you leave a guy at this level of football where he's where he's a stride and a half in front of you, you can trust that the quarterback, no matter what we think of the quarterback, has the ability to put it on his hands. And you're trailing, and like you said, and some of those trails, there's nobody out in front of that. Yeah, it's just you. Right. I think, too, when you play as much quarters as Texas does, I mean, we've seen them play some cover three. They'll do some different things, but you're, you know, 80% of the time you're in quarters coverage. Man, if you're not communicating and guys don't know, you're not communicating pre-snap, guys don't know who's passing what off. Right. That's how sometimes against Texas, if a team dials up, it's not even you're necessarily dialing up, you know, quarters beaters. If if guys just aren't communicating and they both end up in the wrong zone, that's why sometimes it can look, dude, how did that guy get wide open? It's not that somebody's running by somebody. It's just guys weren't communicating and nobody ended up in the right spot where they were supposed to be. And as I said, your linebacker does a lot of that. I mean, he's doing – he is directing traffic like a traffic cop out there from behind and front, moving guys in front on the the defensive line. He's looking sideways to the corners, making sure – Yourself, and he's talking to the safeties an awful lot now. I think with the linebackers, Bucky, I think you, I, I think that will get better this week. I just feel like they they respected Donovan Smith's legs maybe a little too much last week. And mm. again, it, it might be one of those things if they knew then what they knew they knew before the game, what they knew after. Which Dana Holgerson said, "Look, Texas has the best defensive tackles in the country." I mean, those were his words. He's like, I'm not going to run Donovan Smith up in the middle at their defensive tackles. His exact sure. words, like that would be stupid if I did that all game. Hmm. So, uh, you know. I think Texas was worried a little too much about quarterback run, and that's why you didn't see linebackers dropping deep enough. So, hope you don't have to worry about the run threat with Keaton Slovis. So, hopefully, hopefully, at least from a second level perspective, guys will at least be in the right spots this week. Amen. Amen. Jeff, I'll, I'll give you the chance to plug two things. Number one, well, that sounds weird. Uh, number one, <laughs> what's on site at Horns 24 7? Maybe today. in my younger days, but you know, I am forty. <laughs> I am forty, BK. So. And number and number two, what's uh, what are you and Trey getting into from three to five? <laughs> yeah, we've got staff predictions coming up. Uh, as soon as I jump off with you guys, I'll finish getting those ready. Those will publish at a you know at the bottom of the hour. Um, I'm zero and seven, gentlemen, against the spread this what? year. So. You're terrible. 
Um, I thankfully, Bucky, I have no unit plays on this. I need to consult. I need to consult my cousin. You need to consult me on unit plays. See, I think you guys are talking to the cousins too much. I'm not talking to the cousins enough. I need to take more of Lee Sterling's advice too, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll have staff predictions off some you know your typical Friday preview fair. I also dropped a baseball tidbit yesterday on Will huh? Gasp- Will, Will Gasparino. Nice young freshman outfielder for the Longhorns. We've got some basketball. We've got all kinds of stuff up at Horns 24-7, that Longhorn Blitz podcast, everything. Yeah, see, Jake is even saying pick BYU to cover. Pretty much whatever I'm I'm taking this year, just go ahead and do the opposite, and you'll, you'll be, you've been pretty good this year. Uh, but, no, lots of good stuff. All the recruiting stuff on Horns 24-7. You need any more uh, follow-up from the Ryan Wingo commitment earlier this week, we've got all that on the site, so get over there and check it out. And uh, as far as myself and Doc Trey, uh, we will be talking a little Texas BYU, looking at the football weekend. But man, we've we've power ranked fruit on the show. Wow. Uh, yeah, we've power ranked fruit, uh, apples specifically, with the Macintosh apple taking the number one spot in my Apple power rankings. Well, uh, is, did he go PC Apple? What did he go with? Uh, the Fuji. Actually, Trey's a big fan the of the Fuji, Fuji apple. apple. Fuji Come on. apple. I just like the old-fashioned red delicious, Buck. But the I'm Mac- a red delicious guy myself. The Macintosh has a little more, a little more snap than the red delicious. But uh, we get into all kinds of stuff. I mean, we'll talk stand-up comedy. We'll talk whatever on that. Man, Friday, Friday about four o'clock. It is happy hour, not just for, yes. not just for all of you people, but for us as well. So, we'll- uh, Jeff, let me ask you a quick one before you go. I know we got to let you go the, on the recruitment of Wingo. Is this a recruitment that has to go to the very end? Is there? Is there things in between this? I know Sark very seldom loses them. When they say they're coming, they generally show up here on campus. Is this one that's going to the very end? Yeah, he's a he's a St. Louis kid, and then Missouri. Trust me, Missouri's not going to throw in the towel. So you better you be, as I like to say, Bucky. This is an ink is dry recruitment. You better okay. you better do this one until to the ink on that national letter of intent is dry, and mm-hmm. you've got that fax in hand. Amen. Jeff, you're the man, brother. We'll be uh, listening and we'll keep telling people to go check out your work at Horns 24-7. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. There he goes. Jeff Howell. Horns 24-7. Yeah, make sure if you're not a subscriber over there, you go subscribe. The best insider information you can find. Of course, Jeff's a big part of that. And our man, Chip Brown, who you can hear with Zay from 1 to 3 today, also a big part of uh, what they've got going on at Horns 24-7. Yeah, I wanted to hear him say, yeah, Wait till the ink is dry on this one. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's even if Wingo picked him a zoo a couple of days ago, I think we'd be saying the same thing. Like, absolutely, don't, don't give up on Texas just because he picked Mizzou. Don't give up on Texas. You know, that's what they're saying in Columbia right now. Well, oh, just yeah. Because he committed to Texas. Don't give up on Mizzou. Don't give up and keep winning games. Yep. Keep winning games and keep recruiting the kid hard because uh, he is very important to the future of this Texas football program. Buck. You and I will see each other today out at Covert Bee Cave. Yes, we will, my friend. Yes, we will. And we love the folks out there. We've got our meet and greet today, 1130 to about 1 o'clock. So, folks, come on out there. Have a free lunch on Smoky Moe's. And Verde's will be out there with their food. It's lunch. Come and meet Norm Watkins. Come and see and, and, and greet a nice young man, Texas Longhorn, lifetime Longhorn, that you're going to love talking with him. He really is an awful lot of fun. He is – there will be smiles galore out there and – as we get ready to prepare, not only for today, but next week when Ricky comes, this is uh, this is your opportunity. Say hello to, to a bunch of us that will be out there, too. A lot of you, you see our faces on YouTube. You know, you hear us pregame. You hear us every day. But you don't get a chance to just actually say hello. And a lot of you haven't seen BK. 
in a long, long time. Come out there and say hello to BK. You know, he's really grown up now. He is a, he's a grown dude now. He's been to, to the big city, and now he's back here hmm. uh, into, our, our, into our, our beautiful area. And come and say hello to BK and come say hello to the Covert family. Now, they've been selling cars out at the Coverts here in Central Texas since 1909. That's just a little bit before I was born, 1909, for sure. Selling those great cars and trucks. They've got Covert Ford and Chevy and Hutto. They've got Ford Lincoln right here in Austin. And they have seven varieties of these unbelievable cars, trucks, and SUVs. Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, folks. And they've got 42 acres of nothing but beautiful property. And the lot is filled with those cars and trucks. And they're waiting to sell them to you. So if you're coming out today to say hello to us, take a little glance out there and what you see out there in, in the lots because it's full. You're not going to look in the lot and say, where are all the cars and trucks? They're there. They are filled and packed and ready to sell them to you. While you're there, do say hello to Dan. Dan will be there today, Dan Covert. Uh, Mike, of course, the general manager, Stacy, Jerome, the whole gang will be out there. And for more information on how to buy one of those cars, trucks, or SUVs, go to covertbcave.com. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. And hey, in about five minutes, our guy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com is going to join us. How about Lee's record this year? 61 and 38. It's a little so, better than mine. Yeah, a lot better than yours. So if you're <laughs> trying to make some money this weekend and this year, you got to keep it locked in to Texas Sports Unfiltered. Lee Sterling joining us in five minutes. Shout out to AV Consultations as well. It's the best time of the year to be a sports fan, which means it's the best time of the year to call AV Consultations, 512-255-8678. How about this? Tonight, Buck, we've got all four. Football, basketball, hockey, and baseball. Tonight, huh? Tonight. It's all going on because the NBA is back. And, of course, game one of the World Series is going down tonight. The best time to be a sports fan, which means you got to make the call to AV Consultations to get your TV set up on the way that you want it. If you want multiple screens like I've got, if you want that big 85-incher like the Bucks got, yeah, man, you got to call AV Consultations. They can make it all happen for you. Stop spending your time and money driving around the city going to watch the games. No, watch the games from your couch in your home. Make friends and family come to your place. Hell, kick everybody out and just watch the games by yourself. You can do it all. avconsultations.com or call them 512-255-8678. Yeah, don't forget that Woods Comfort Systems now, please. It's about to get a little cooler next week. I'm not going to say how what the temperature is going to be because I don't do temperature. I just know it'll be cooler than it is today as we get into – what some will tell you, the 40s. But maybe I'll have a prediction on that weather too. But it's supposed to get in the 40s and 50s Monday and Tuesday of next week. So be prepared. Hopefully you've got your contract done with Woods Comfort Center uh, Systems. You've got to have that, uh, whether it's air conditioning, whether it's heating, and now whether it's plumbing. They do it all, and they've been doing it for over 60 years and doing it the right way. A service department is fabulous, fantastic. Travis and David, they, if they're going to get you there, they will be there, and they'll be in there, and then they'll be out of there, and you'll be ready for the comfort systems of your dreams for sure. Yes, Woods Comfort Systems. Check them out online at woodscomfortsystems.com. Yeah, I, some people will say it'll be in the 40s. No, it's, that's, that's what it is. The high on Monday is 43. Ooh. How about this? The low on Wednesday is 32 
Uh-oh, You're that's trying Austin. to wrap them pipes. Uh-oh, get Uricot on the phone. Get ready for that deal. Get ready to wrap them pipes. Should be uh, should be okay, though. It doesn't look like it's going to dip below freezing, and that's just the low on Wednesday. So I think, uh, I think we'll be okay. As our guy Rue says, help out the channel. Please like this video if you haven't yet. We appreciate y'all tuning in, whether you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on the app. By the way, if you are listening on the app, Dakota text line 512-222-9328. But if you are on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up. It helps the channel grow, and we are inching closer and closer to 6,000 subscribers. We might do a little mini giveaway when we hit you go. to 6K. All right, we'll ask Lee about the World Series, Buck, because I'm sure he's got some thoughts on the World Series. But uh, game one tonight, where are you at? We'll get into this more after our conversation with Lee, I'm sure. And we'll talk I'm good. I'm, I'm going to take the starter for the Rangers in, in game one at home. I just, I, I'll go game by game, but I, huh? I don't want to go long-term. You know, if I do things long-term, I'll forget what I was talking about. So – I'm taking the Rangers tonight in game one at home. Okay. You're going with Nathan Avaldi? Yes. He's yes. been great in these playoffs. Yes. 4-0 with a 2.42 ERA. Now the guy Arizona has is no slouch. Zach Gallon has been magnificent this year, and he's kind of in the NL Cy Young conversation. But uh, he hasn't been great in these playoffs. Just 2-2 two and two with a 5.24 ERA. And I think his last 11 starts dating back to the regular season, he's got an ERA over 5. So – uh, he hasn't been the same pitcher that he was for the majority of the regular season. Now, he's still very much capable of going out there and tossing a gem tonight. Uh, but as of late, Nathan Avaldi has been the better pitcher between these two. So I don't think you're off base by any stretch by siding with Avaldi and the Rangers in game one this evening. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll get one. And th- this is going to be a long series. This is not – nobody's running off and hiding in this series. This is going to be – down to the wire. I hope we get seven, at least six games, or we may get seven. We may get the whole, the full Monty on this one. I hope I'm taking a trip to Arizona in the middle there of you go. week because I'm only going to the game if there is a game where the Rangers have a chance to close it out. And if that's in Arlington, I'll be there. If that's in Phoenix, I'll be there. I'm hoping the, the Rangers can take care of business pretty early, but I don't way, think that'll happen. Yeah, by the way, Shelby will have tickets for you too from Syntex tickets if you need those world series tickets he he's been working on that so oh, yeah. shelby has got him for you any of the tickets that you need out there uh the nba you know it, it doesn't matter hey mls playoffs are getting ready to start i don't know if we're involved in that here in austin this year no but no not hasn't quite been, huh hasn't been a great year for the trees yeah it's been a little bit rough but he's got them for all the other ones he does he's got tickets for every 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 sport that's out there, concert, he's got them all for you. It's in Texas tickets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus Texas BYU tickets as well if you're trying to get oh, yeah. that. Uh, yeah, should be a fun Rangers D-Bag series, man. I mean, the D-Bags have defied odds and expectations and pretty much everything to get here. Now, the Rangers have done some of that too. Sure. But, God, the D-Bags were just six games over 500 in the regular season, and they had the longest odds at the start of the playoffs to win the World Series and here they are, just four wins away from being able to hoist the commissioner's trophy. If you look at their roster, I mean, if you're a baseball fan, you know who a lot of these dudes are. But if you're just like, you know, you watch the playoffs and that's your only baseball that you get every year. Right. Or, hey, maybe you just watch the Rangers or the Astros, like your favorite team, and then you don't watch too much of the rest of the league. Uh, you're probably like, who the hell are these guys? 
I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of note. I think most people know who Corbin Carroll is. Mm-hmm. He's going to win rookie of the year in the NL this year. And that's the type of guy who's like been good enough and talked about enough to where, okay, even the casual fans have probably heard of this guy, but a lot of the other guys on the D backs, it's like, who the hell are these guys? And why do they keep winning these games? How do uh, they keep winning? Yeah. These, this underdog mentality, man, it's uh, it's working. They they've kept this chip on their shoulder throughout these playoffs and, they openly talk about and they love that everyone's picking the Rangers in this series. So, uh, yeah, they'll be ready for it. They will be ready for it. If you're a Rangers fan thinking this will be an easy one, think again because these snakes are alive and they are playing some damn good baseball. Right? Now, before we get to Leah, there's a question I didn't get to you with with the in, in for the from the Astros point of view. Point of view, BK, what happened to the the kid last year for the Astros that won all this MVP stuff? Did he even play? Was it Pena? Oh yeah, Jeremy I mean, Pena. What, what happened? What happened to him during the course of the series? Well, I mean, I mean, he played well all season long, and I know he's great. He's got a great glove. But what happened to him at bat? What? It was well, like he never did. He ever touch the ball at all? He was not bat? good. He was not good. He didn't have that great of a regular season, and I think a lot of Astros fans just hoped that, like last year, he was going to turn it on in the playoffs. Oh, okay. Uh, and he didn't. He was really, really bad. So. Yeah, Jeremy Pena. He won the only one who struggled for the Astros in that series against the Rangers. But, uh, yeah, his absence was notable. I mean, he was like MVP, sure. wasn't he? Yeah, LCS and World Series last year. He was awesome. Wow. He was awesome. Not so awesome this year. A guy who is awesome this year. A guy who's yeah. been awesome every year. I mean, this guy's got 28 winning seasons under his belt. Nobody's got more. This guy's 61-38-2 this season. Nobody's got a better documented record out there. There might be people like, oh, I'm 100-0. and Now, nah, BS, prove it. Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com, a documented 61, 38, and 2. And we're lucky enough to have him on our show every single Friday. What's up, Lee? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, love that hat, Bucky. That's that, oh, we get you some. We get you one of these right gotta here. Send, you got to send me one of those. Oh, right. for sure. For sure, yeah. my friend. We'll make that uh, happen. Lee, before uh, we get to uh, the football, any I, I know you've got baseball picks. So yeah. we'll, we'll make people go to ParamountSports.com to try to win during this World Series. But any thoughts on this Rangers-D-backs matchup? It's tight. I think they got a price perfect. I, I, I'm not going to play the series. I'm going to go game by game. Uh, might even do some in-game betting there. But, uh, you know, this is what I did. So this is that rare two-week period, Brad, where you got college football in the NFL, obviously. Basketball started Tuesday night, baseball World Series, and hockey. So once in a while, I'll put up like a one-day all-access pass, like on a Saturday or Sunday, 97. If I'm feeling real good, 77 bucks. I'll give you seven games tonight. Game one, selection there. College football, got a game tonight. NBA and also hockey, seven selections, all four sports, 17 bucks. Wow. <laughs> yeah. One seven? One seven, not seventy-seven or ninety-seven. So it let's say you're with me for football. You want to try the other sports, or you're with me for even two sports, try the other two sports, or you're not doing it at all, or some reason you've never tried me before. One day, seventeen bucks, hopefully make some money, and then you wanna, you know, give it a shot for a month or a season in a couple different sports. First option. That easy. As soon as you purchase it, window pops open. All seven games, one place, ParamountSports.com. Awesome. That is awesome. Well, let's start it off, Lee, yeah. with, with some college basketball. I mean, college football. 
And yeah. the Fighting Aggies are minus 14. South Carolina coming to town. I don't know what to think of either one of these teams, but I'd like to start saying some good things about Texas A&M and, or, 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 as this second half gets underway. Will this group get it together? Because I, I'll tell you what, I do like the way they're playing defense right now. I don't know what to expect of a group with great wide receivers. The quarterback play is just there. I'm not even calling it average. I mean, the, the Johnson kid, he can do some things. I mean, at times he's a statue. At times he moves around. He finds his brother out there tight end. <laughs> the rest of the guys, he doesn't seem – they're not in tune right now offensively, but this defense is pretty good. Yeah, 29 sacks on the year. They set the tone. If they got any production out of their passing game, they would be they got to take some shots. I mean, first down, they run the ball way too much. I mean, even if you have some 50-50 balls, you got mm-hmm. probably at least two, maybe three receivers are going to be playing at the next level. And we haven't sure. even seen, you know, the freshmen. So I, I would take more shots down the field. How bad is their opponent, South Carolina? Well, the front seven, they have zero depth. They get they get housed in the second half. They get tired, and their offensive line is horrendous. So you have AM strength rushing the passer, South Carolina's weakness, offensive line here. Spencer Rattler is getting beat up here, and he doesn't have the weapons he had last year. So what's the best thing you can say about AM here? They show up no matter what because they have nothing else to do at AM on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> they'll probably hey, they'll probably be standing room only. They, I oh, mean, yeah. that's, that, that's what they do. They show up and there's always hope every year. Every year, I, I'm getting texts from Bill Cohen about recruiting. I mean, they sign like a three star and he's all excited. So. <laughs> I just don't get it. I think AM though is way too too good for South Carolina at home. Um I, I think uh, I'm gonna go and also South Carolina's top two receivers are a game time decision. Mm. Texas AM 38 14 over South Carolina. All right. The Aggies yeah. in a blowout. What about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Lee? Georgia, Florida, neutral site game in Jacksonville. Some weeks Georgia looks just as good as they did the last two years. And then some weeks it's like, what? Who, who are these guys? Uh, Georgia, a two touchdown favorite against their arch rivals at Florida. Feels like a big game for Billy Napier. What are you thinking here? It is. And the big question, number one, number two, and number three question is, how will they get by without Brock Bowers? I think with Marvin Harrison, these two guys, best players in college football. How important is he? Well, in half the season, Rudy has 41 catches for almost 575 yards. He is that good. Every third and eight, they go to him. He's almost unguardable. So, whereas the receiver, they got the sidelines. You don't have to worry about the sidelines. Tight end, he can go anywhere he wants. So, I don't know how you guard a guy. How do you guard a guy like like that, Bucky? You don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you try to maybe bracket the guy. Is that it? Well, I mean, you, you if, if if they're smart enough, you start bracketing, over bracketing a guy. You're going to leave right. a spot somewhere else, and they're right. going to come very close to where you're doing that, and somebody's going to be wide open. So I, I, they're they've just they're they're going to they're really it is going they're going to miss that that dude is special. He's a special player. He really yeah. is. I agree. The next receiver in line, uh, Dominic Lovick, after his 41 receptions, just 18 catches here. So it's going to force some drastic changes in this offense. Um, 
I, I don't know if they're going to be even close to as good. And they also, if you want to beat a two-touchdown spread, you got to go fast here. Georgia bottom third in pace of play. That's important. Florida's offense is doing better. Last two games, I mean, they played nobody. Uh, Vanderbilt in South Carolina, they scored 38 and 41 points. But uh, Georgia, one in six against the spread this year. Your spread record kind of tells a little bit about who you are. I think Georgia escapes 30 to 24, but I'll take the the, the, the plus two touchdowns in the Florida Gators. Yeah, it seems like a lot of points. Uh, yeah. University of Oklahoma versus Kansas, Lee. I, I, I know it's crazy for me to think in my mind there's a possibility of an upset here, but Oklahoma didn't didn't do that well. They didn't play that well last week. It's they're only minus minus ten, and you would think yeah. a a really team that's really feeling it after beating Texas would just be on their way to get into the championship game. But there's something about this Oklahoma team that's still kind of missing. Um, Kansas, of course, the quarterback that dude's not coming back this year. That, there's something seriously wrong. They've been trying to fool us and say he'll get loosened up. We'll find out at halftime if he's ready to play. There's something going on with that kid's back that he's probably yep. not going to play again this year. Hopefully he'll be able to play the game of football again. They're just not telling us everything. They don't have to, and they're not allowed to, you know, uh, with the HIPAA rules and stuff. They're just There's just something just more to what we think and this weekly deal. Maybe this week he's coming back. But are they good enough to, are they good enough to hold Oklahoma with the quarterback that they have? It's an interesting topic you brought up, and I briefly want to talk about it. Miami last week hid that Tyler Van Dyke was probably never going to play, never practiced all week. I think if they want to bring gambling to the next level and they want to get the type of dollars to support it, uh, which they're starting to get now, they're going to have to do something along the lines of the NFL, mm -hmm. where you report it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Tyler Van Dyke didn't show up. W what was Utah doing all, all year with, with Cam Rising and, and Brent Keithy? Those, their best two players acting like they might come back. So right. I think you're going to have to see some changes there. I don't think he's going to play again. And, I mean, Jason Bean is a nice backup, a backup. That's it. He's capable, and he's not dynamic, and he can't carry a team here. Their offensive coordinator is great, but their defense, they just got too many holes. They just don't have enough good players here. Last year, OU put up 701 yards of offense. I think OU just – sometimes you go into the bye – with all the momentum, sure, and, and and just not the same for at least for the first week. I, I think uh, OU, which has dominated the series with 18 straight wins, all by double digits, does it again. 42-24, lay the 10 points. Mm, OU with the yep. win and the cover yep. in Lawrence. What about the game here in Austin, Lee? Yep. Uh, Malik Murphy, his first career start at quarterback for Texas. Of course, no Quinn Ewers in this one. Texas coming off of a scary one against Houston last week. The Longhorns anywhere from a 17 to 19 point favorite. How do you see this one? Yeah. And I'm hearing your sister might be going to Houston. Number one choice right now. Is that right? So, um, she, she, doesn't, she doesn't tell me anything. So I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm a little more in the know there, Brad. So you got <laughs> to call home. You got to call home more than once a week, Brad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, they were a little conflicted last week going to the game. I'm hearing. So uh, even though, you know, they both went to Texas, your parents, and you went to Texas. Uh, you might have, a, might have a cougar pretty soon. So we'll see how that plays out. All right. So Texas, I believe, is much better than BYU. I think the country is going to play uh, BYU. Why? Because BYU beat Tech by two touchdowns last week. Tech was starting a third-string quarterback. 
Brad, you would have had a shot at playing <laughs> protect. Their third string quarterback is like Texas's six or seven stringer. Not good at all. BYU got five takeaways from him. That's how they won. Five takeaways to zero. That's how they won by two touchdowns. But BYU in the last four games has given up 200 plus rushing yards twice and almost 450 passing yards to TCU. Here's the game plan. I'm going to tell Sark how to do it. Run the ball 50 times. Pass it 10 to 12 times. You'll win easy. So we're going to – the public's going to play BYU. Smart money's going to be on Texas. Texas, 34-10. Hmm. Yeah. Good call. Because I was trying to figure out how BYU was going to score more than 17 points, Lee, in the they're game. Not. I, they're not, huh? Okay. No. Uh, we got an NFL game, the Dallas Cowboys and the Rams. The Cowboys still trying to figure it out. Rams still trying to figure it out. Cowboys must feel like they've won the Super Bowl since the 49ers have lost a couple games in a row. So the Cowboys must feel like they're the best team in football right now. Uh, it, it, the line's minus six. Are the Rams any good at all, Lee? I mean, I know they still have some semblance of defense, but offensively, are they any good? Can they score any points against the Dallas Cowboys? It's going to be really tough. So this kid Williams was like a sensation for a couple games. And they were running the ball like 60, 62, 63% of the time and winning. He gets hurt. So they went from – they run the, the 11 formation most. That's one running back and one mm -hmm. tight end. They're running the ball over 60% of the time out of that formation. Since he went out, they're passing it 60% of the time. You're not going to win doing that it that way. Their offensive line is still very weak. Dallas can rush the passer here. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Dallas, 31-13. I love it. Big yep. win for the Cowboys on Sunday. All right, Lee, you mentioned yep. the uh, $17 special that you've got going on at the start of our show, but you also have a free play for the people out there. If folks want to get your thoughts on Oklahoma State and Cincinnati, and if they want to make some money with you this weekend and every weekend through the football season, how do they find you? So is this a trap here? Oklahoma State is rolling last three games. They had three revenge games and took care of all three opponents. Do they keep rolling and everyone's been rolling over Cincinnati? Or, like I said, is it a trap here? You want to get the free play? Be one of the first five callers. Call 800-400-9741. Get Oklahoma State, Cincinnati on me. I have a real strong opinion on this game. And uh, seven selections tonight. First game starts at 6 o'clock Central. As soon as you purchase it, seven selections, all four sports. Window pops open, all seven plays that way. Hopefully build the bankroll, have some uh, some nice change in your pocket, and maybe join us for one or two sports for a month or a season. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. Amen. Lee, you're the man. Shout out to our guy Bill Cohen. We'll give uh, Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers some love Absolutely. here in a moment. But uh, shout out to you as well, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Lee. Take care. All right. There he goes, the great Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. And the Paramount Sports segment is brought to you by our great friends at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers, Austin's oldest family-owned and operated business of any kind. Bill Cohen is the fourth-generation jeweler slash gemologist. That, that's fancy. He knows everything there is to know about jewelry. And the good news is you don't have to know anything about jewelry. You just have to know a good jeweler. Who's going to take care of you? Well, that right. is Bill Cohen. A lot has changed in Austin over the last 140 years. One thing that has not changed is the way Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers treats their customers. Honesty, 
integrity, value, tremendous service. They've got the selection. But, hey, there are plenty of places out there that have selection. What separates Joe Cohen and Sun Jewelers is the way that they will treat you every step of the way. You're going to feel like family every time you walk into the store. So if you're looking for an engagement ring, if you're looking for a diamond pendant, a necklace, earrings, whatever, they've got the selection and they've got the service to boot as well. Just know Bill Cohen and his team at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers. Free parking downtown on 6th Congress. Wow. I, I don't know. They found a way to make it possible. Go say what's up to Bill and then go check them out online too at Joe Cohen Jewelers. Dot com. We thank them for their continued support of the Paramount Sports segment and, of course, their continued support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Like that A&M call right there, though. Yeah. How about that Texas call, too? I think Lee's right, and I, I don't think he was just guessing. I think that's actually what's going on. I think a lot of money is going to come in on BYU. People are going to see that line. People are going to remember what Texas looked like last week. People are going to remember the Oklahoma game. People are going to know that Quinn Ewers isn't playing. And they're going to say, well, BYU's 5-2, and two, and Texas is a 19-point favorite against those guys. What are we doing? Uh, I think, uh, look, I'm probably going to fall for the trap, too, because I think I'm leaning BYU to cover the 19. But Lee is saying that, hey, sometimes the public doesn't know what they're talking about. This might be an opportunity to bet Texas and win big. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's got – these are really good games, and, and I think he's right on about OU and Kansas and what they've done to Kansas. It's just, you know, they're not getting their quarterback back, and – and as he said, when you come off that bye week like Texas and Oklahoma came off of, the next game you play, kind of sluggish, but then you, you find a way to win that game. You know what I'm saying? You find a way to win that off the bye. You don't look outstanding or you're barely holding on for dear life. But what you do is you win the game. And now you're back to reality slaps you in the face and your coaches start getting real with you again saying, hey, we're trying to get to a championship. You slept walk during that shit last week. You need to wake up so we can win the rest of these games and get to a championship game. Yep. 18 straight wins for OU over Kansas. Uh, last year, 52 to 42 was the final score. Two years ago in Lawrence, Kansas nearly had him. Caleb Williams yes. made an incredible play where he literally ripped the ball away from his own running back on a fourth down. That's right. Running, running back wasn't going to get it. Caleb Williams stole the ball from him and picked up the first down on his own. That was kind of the dagger in that one. So, Kansas has been close, but without Jalen Daniels, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to feel too confident that they can find a way to pull off the upset. That dude will be back next year. I dude, mean, there I, are all sorts of conspiracy theories with Jalen Daniels, right? Some people think he is uh, just sitting out the rest of the year because he wants to transfer, and he's not playing because he doesn't want to get hurt. Like, he's got a big NIL deal from somewhere else, and uh, he doesn't want to risk losing that, so he is uh, not going to come back and play. There are some folks who are like, nah, well, he could come back maybe, but or if he doesn't come back, he can just medical redshirt and Kansas will get him for an extra year of eligibility. Uh, there are all sorts of random conspiracy theories going on with Jalen Daniels. Oh, if it has to do with money and NIL money, he's that dude's probably elsewhere. That, yep. That's what he's got to be thinking to a team that's going to be a real contender probably somewhere because he, he is that difference maker. I know you feel like, uh, you know, look, Kansas isn't on Texas's or Oklahoma's level right now, but shoot with, with this big 12 this year, if Kansas oh, had yeah. Jalen Daniels, they could maybe be in the mix to be the third best team in this conference, but no, um, he's not coming back to that. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Who knows? He's a stud preseason conference player of the year. There were teams who went after him last off season. He decided to stick with Kansas, which gives me hope as a KU guy that, Hey, maybe he's going to continue to stick with Kansas, but Hey, 
You know, Kansas likes to invest more in its basketball program than they do its football program. There ain't enough barbecue in the world for that, dude. Yeah, there's uh, there are other schools that might be willing to really give Jalen Daniels the bag. So we'll see how that one goes down. Yeah, uh, and I, I think I think Oklahoma State uh, stays on their role right now too. Yeah, I'm curious what Lee's free play is. I'm oh yeah, call Paramount Sports right after the show and and see if I can get in on that. Because do you need my free play? Do you need my 5,000 unit free play right now. Do you have one? I do. Okay. You're currently down 10,000 units on the yeah, season. That's right. Um, so we need something here to get you back on track. You know, our listeners and viewers need to eat. Okay. It, you know, the start of the month is coming up. Rent's about to be due. So we I know. really need some money right now. But if I'm down 10,000 units, here's what's going to happen I'm going to give you two 5,000 unit plays. Plus, I'm going to give you an extra 1,000 unit play on my alma mater, Boston College. I'll give you a thousand unit play on BC hammering UConn in Chestnut Hill. That's right. That game what? will be. That's right. There will be. Dude, I just said you, you need you need to win bets so people can eat, and you're betting on Boston College. Yes, there you go. The Eagles will win their game. They're 14 point favored against the Huskies. Yeah, that place. This isn't basketball. What do you think <laughs> they're playing a basketball game here at UConn? What do you They'll think, Matt beat. Ryan's the quarterback at BC Come right on. now? they got a nice little quarterback right now playing. Hey, I'm going to give you the Kansas City Chiefs and the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, so Boston College is a 1,000-unit play. Yes. And then the Chiefs and the Colts are 5,000-unit plays? Yes. So you're trying to get all the way back into the positive here. That's right. You'll be up a grant. You'll be up 1,000 units on Monday. You'll thank me for it. Kids can eat. You can that that second semester you're gonna be able to pay for your daughter's second semester of school, not a problem. Not gonna take that away from the kids because I'm about the kids. I'm gonna give her her second her second semester tuition. Hmm. There's a thousand gonna be out there for you. Okay, so the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm checking these lines right now. The Chiefs are seven point favorites at Denver. Yeah, yeah, okay. Denver, think about that. You know who's coaching there? Sean Payton. He's awful. Haven't the Chiefs beaten the Broncos 16 times in a row? Something like that. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. There you go. This will be a Seven. big test. This will be a big test on how uh, much power you have with your 1,000-unit locks. If- and the Colts, come on. They're starting to find it now. Yeah, Got the their running back back in the fold. Who, do those, who are they playing? You don't so even know who they're playing? Oh, I don't remember. I just know that I – it just <laughs> – that light went off in my head. You've got 5,000 units on a team, and you don't even know who they're going up against. I figured – I've studied that one, so I, I don't remember. It just, it just it's, it's poof. It's gone away. I'm trying to give the people what the people want, and they're getting you know 5,000 units there, 5,000 units with Kansas City. And that little 1,000-unit play is to let you know that I am supporting – going to help support your family with that, well, that Boston College play. I'm doing a three-game parlay on – Opposite all three opposite teams: UConn, the Denver Broncos, and the oh, New Orleans Saints. The that Saints. Is, that's what they, are the Saints any good? The they boy actually, on the bicycle. You're gonna bet against Voldemort, dude. Oh, this week. This is the time to do it right here. BYU gets hammered, and so does the boy on the bicycle. All right. Yeah. The Saints Colts, have been absolutely horrible. It's uh, it's even money. The game's in Indianapolis, so it's a pick 'em right now. Yes. You're you're going with the Colts money line. You're taking the Chiefs minus seven at Denver. Yeah. You're taking the Boston College Eagles. Oh, oh, oh. The Crows? Fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, no. They don't say that about them, I don't think. (laughs) 
God. All right. There you go. Those are the Bucks thousand unit plays, the gold star locks of the week. Fade accordingly. Bucky down 10,000 units this year. If you're over three, if you're over three, you're going to be down 21,000 units. I guess you realize that's not higher. Be careful how you fade me this weekend. You're going to want, you're going to want the backing because I may start to catch on fire right now. We're getting to that halfway point. This is when I really, I put that thinking cap on. So be careful now. I started to really think about the games. That's a scary thought. The holiday season's coming up. I know, I know kids need toys. I know, I know sons and daughters need semester money. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I got it all handled, kids. Don't worry about it. <sighs> Sorry about that, kids. You're going to community college next semester. <laughs> I may have tips for kids in the car line, getting them some unit plays. Oh, Hell my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the kids how to lose their money early. That's <laughs> smart. Great job right there. Hey, how about the, some words for some of our phenomenal sponsors? Buck? Dr. Greg Eckert, of course. Yeah. Now, this is the time of year, folks. Get that dental insurance. Let's start to use it so you don't lose it. Give them a call today at 512-345-3166. All-star group of professionals. They do general dentistry and the most advanced work. I had my teeth restored and just two visits with the good doctor, and he can get that done for you. Now, if you're interested in dental implants, find out if you're a candidate by giving them a call at 512-345-3166. You've got problems with your teeth extractions, teeth cleaning, teeth whitening, tooth loss solutions, sleep apnea. Dr. Eckert is big with that. If you have problems with sleeping, you need your rest, believe me. After you get those 5,000-unit plates from me, you're going to want to be able to get up, be awake, and go spend the money that I'm going to earn you right there. And Dr. Eckert, over 1,400 cases of restoring teeth, 28 years of business, folks. He's our dentist, and he should be your dentist also. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Doc U. Shout out to 7-Eleven as well. The weekend is here, game day tomorrow. If you need some beers for your tailgates, if you want a Slurpee, if you want, uh, hey, some coffee uh, this morning, tomorrow oh, yeah. morning, whatever, to get you going, they've got it all at 7-Eleven. Get of that course. clean product. Get that, where is it at? On this side or the side? Get that clean product, BK. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they've got the clean product right there. They've, got the, they've got the Olipops, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Great selection of food and drinks. Of course, gas for your car. You know what 7-Eleven has. Come on. 7-Eleven's been getting it done forever. I've been going to 7-Eleven since I was a little kid. Love what they've <laughs> got there. Those nachos, the hot dogs, the taquitos. They've got it all. The little Debbie snacks that the Buck oh. loves so much. I'm telling you, man. Shout out to our friends at 7-Eleven. It's uh, still really cool. For childhood BK to think that uh, 7-Eleven is sponsoring something that I do. Shout out to our guy Ashish. Shout out to our friends at 7-Eleven. And shout out to Last Stand Hats as well. Get you one of those lids that the buck is rocking right now. If you want a Texas sports unfiltered hat, something to wear to game day tomorrow or game day next weekend or any Absolutely. game day moving forward, get you one of those TSU hats or any hat from laststandhats.com. Buck, we've got an update on the um, – crazy woman on the plane story which one bk <laughs> the woman who claimed that she was with someone that was not real oh no don't tell me she's back flying she can't be back flying well we now know what she saw on that trip that caused her to trip and freak out check it out but i am telling you right now that mother that mother Back there is not real. Oh, <laughs> 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 
You <laughs> <laughs> saw Kirk Cousins she on the saw, play? That's Come Kirk on, Cousins. man. She saw him play well in primetime, and she's like, I'm telling you, He's that mother is not real. And then it was Kirk Cousins just doing on his the play. Movie. Come on, back up, lady, you crazy. What's wrong with you? I don't know what the – I can't wait. Maybe that's what the condom lady saw. That's that, yeah, the condom outfit for Halloween. Wow. No, kids, don't be wearing a condom outfit for Halloween. This is not for you. This is only for crazy people on planes. Yo, Things happen see, weird on planes. It's been kind of, oh, by the way, it's been kind of quiet on planes with the exception of the dude who tried to crash the plane last week and bring cool. down 80 people with him. I didn't He's hear about murdered. this. Oh, 80, uh, 80 counts of attempted murder. He got into the cockpit. He was on shrooms. He was a former pilot, got in the cockpit and started flipping buttons, and he was trying to down the plane, BK. What? Yes. That guy's, that Air- guy's a terrorist, dude. That dude, he was a fuck. Hey, he didn't sleep for 40 hours. He, he had lack of sleep and some mushrooms. So how he got into the cockpit, I'll never know. You know how I many times? To, hey, you know- I never get to go into the cockpit and sit there. Oh. They never invite me in. What did he do? Knock on the door, and they said, oh, you're a former pilot. Come on in here. Oh, maybe you're the captain. Oh, somebody, the captain gave him permission. Once again, the captain doing it again. Somebody gave the captain his bars. So he invited some other guy that he thought maybe a captain in there. Is that what happened or did he break in? I don't know if he broke in, but this did happen. He tried to bring down a plane midair. Yeah, that guy should be in jail forever. Oh, it looks like it. 83 counts. God. Attempted murder. I've been on shrooms before and I've been on 40 hour plus benders. I've never <laughs> thought about hijacking a plane and trying to take it down, dude. He was trying to take it down. God. Really? Hitting buttons, playing around like a little kid, uh, you know. Come yeah. on, cut me a break, dude. It's terrifying. That hey. is terrifying. Yeah, that guy needs to be in jail for good. He can't get out, right? He God, can't I even hate. go to the mental place. To Lock, spend the time. Lock the key. Jeez. Yeah. All right. How about this? Halloween's coming up. Yes. And look, a lot of the festivities going on this weekend will involve Halloween costumes, right? Like this is the weekend before Halloween. So uh, costume parties tonight, costume parties tomorrow. I bet there will be some folks dressed up at DKR at the game tomorrow. Uh, There were some folks dressed up at the UTEP Sam Houston State game in Huntsville a couple of days ago. Sam Houston State almost won. God, that would have been their first win of the year, their first win as an FBS program, and uh, they they coughed it up late. UTEP, nice comeback win for them. But here are a couple of guys. One of these dudes got kicked out of the game for this costume. You tell me if uh, if this is kosher. If you see this at DKR tomorrow, what are you going to do? Gentry on the carry wore the Bearcats. And that thing, these nuts and that organ. Dude, why would you think that's funny? I got children around. That's worse than that one lady that that was seeing Kirk Cousins. He's going to get it to the ribs as he goes by me in the seats right there. This guy, why? He's wearing an inflatable uh, penis. No, 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 you can't walk around with a penis. Gentry on the carry wore the Bearcats. Oh 
I don't want my kids saying that to me at the game. I want them asking me to go get a hot dog, not to see a guy dressed in a wiener suit with <laughs> balls. No, thank you. That guy's going to get it on the way up. and kick him right in his balls or something. I'm not oh, letting that guy go by me without a word or two or 12. Oh, he's wearing pink Crocs, too. Oh, really? Come I've never on, seen that costume before. Like, that's that's hilarious, dude. If someone shows up to DKR in that thing tomorrow, that'd be the funniest thing ever. They are gone, guaranteed. They're oh, out. Yeah, they're, they're not getting in. But, you know, maybe you just wear something and then you sneak that bag in, the bag with the costume, and then you go to the bathroom and you throw that thing on. And you stand by the urinal? I don't the, think so. That's not going to work. The inflatable that, Dick Cheney. That thing's getting tackled. Mm. Yeah. I'm tackling that. Really? Wow. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. That is absolutely the worst right there. Hey, and did you see, we're just doing all sorts of videos where, today. Where are we in society with that going on? Where are we at in society today? Really? Did you hear, uh, this was last week, there were reports about A&M dealing with some flatulence. Yeah, what, yeah, what was that about? I mean, was that from the cows? What's going on? Some guy on the message board claimed that he had a source within the Aggie football program that told him that this offseason, A&M switched up its diet. So the players were eating more grains than they were last year. And I guess that that could cause some sort of excessive flatulence. And this guy's like, well, that's why our team keeps running out of gas. Well, I guess they aren't running out of gas. They're doing the exact opposite. But that's why our team's falling apart in the fourth quarter, and that's why we're losing so many of these games in the second half. It's because our guys can't control their flashlights. They, they're just farting? Yeah. I don't want to be the quarterback putting my hands up underneath that center. Did you, see, did you see the video? This is from last week from the Midday Show. Trey uh, did a Dave South impersonation of what this Aggie team dealing with flatulence would sound like. Have you seen this yet? No, I have not. I heard about it. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this to you. It's about a minute long. If, if you've seen this, it's funny enough to watch again. If you haven't seen it, good luck. Third and five from the own 25. Jimbo bends over. Max Johnson looks over the defense. Ball is snapped. Max drops back. Five-step drop. <laughs> Max has got to get it off. Otherwise, he is going to be sacked. He gets it off. <laughs> to Evan Johnson. <laughs> to Evan Stewart. Evan taking it off the sideline. Past the 50. The 40. 30. 20. Oh, he's caught from behind by the Bama defender. And he fumbles it. <laughs> Jimbo bending over to watch the offense. I mean, that sounds like some Jimbo gas, doesn't it? Max Johnson with the five-step drop. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, set. Dude, I'm almost in tears over here, man. Wow. Yeah, what'd you think of that? That is very childish and very funny. There's the tips for kids right there. Kids, you can be a producer, too. You can be a film producer right there if you can get that done. We got to give away... We just give away yeah. something for somebody to come up with some of that kind of stuff. How, That's awesome. How gross is that? It's very gross. Uh, it's very, very immature, but really funny. Yep. So that's what's come going on, on Ags. Yeah. I was saying that. nice things about him. I said I was wondering how the team is doing. I'd yeah. like to see them start to get to get it together. You know, they're playing South Carolina. They're going to beat up on them this weekend. And then you do that to then you do that to them. 
Always got to throw something at them. Why? They're people too. They listen to us too. They threw it at them. They they started it. It was an Aggie who said that they were dealing with excessive gas. We didn't make up the rumors. We're just reporting. So they got to eat less wheat now? I guess, if that's true. I don't but know. Yeah, like Brent, you said, you feel Brent's bad. never this. done that to me. Milk does that to me. I don't know, dude. If I was going up against a team that was just ripping ass for all four <laughs> quarters, I'd be scared to tackle them. I'm like, On hey, the dude, pile. You're in the you pile? Score. You score, man. I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> trying to tackle you right now. I don't want to be smelling this. Oh, my God. Nasty. Oh, that is just awful. Awful, awful. Hey, a word from our friends at Pest Wranglers. These guys are not awful. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Yes, well, indeed. I'm hoping – love those folks. I'm hoping uh, Sark is, is going to be very careful tomorrow. I, I really do. I hope he – you know, he, he he's saying all the right things, BK. He's always – he's saying – you know, everything he's saying so far this week is about the team come first, not the player. I know what we got to do when we have a new young quarterback in there, but it's about winning the football game. So I've got to put him in the right position, put him in position so he can have some success. The team itself – has to play better than they played last week. They just do. They all have to pick up the pace. The offensive line, the running backs have to be even better than they were last year. Wide receivers are going to have to be on the money. The communications is going to have to be better in that secondary in order for them to help out this young quarterback. He's going to need help. I know everybody thinks this guy's going to walk into it and he's going to be the next great thing. He may, but you have to pretend that he, it is what it is. He's a young quarterback. He's been in the system for three years, but he hasn't played in a true football game, in a big-time football game, and this is his opportunity. And you want to put him in the position, the best position that you can put him in starting tomorrow. Yeah, let's hear one more from Steve Sarkeesian before we hand things off to Chaos Theory with Rodney and Wags at the top of the hour. Uh, Sark yesterday, he was asked kind of what he learned from Malik Murphy and Arch Manning over the course of this week of practice. Malik's going to start Saturday. Um uh, you know, what did I learn uh, that they, that they had the ability to continue to do what they've been doing and that's prepare really well. Um, I think again, they've got great rapport with coach Milley. Um, I, I think one thing that I probably learned maybe a little more about, which I felt going in is that they've got great rapport with their teammates. I think their teammates want these guys to play well, you know, if, and, or when their numbers called, I think naturally all the players know, Hey, Malik's making his first career start. We need to play well around him. You know, that's, 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 you know, that's naturally for anybody, there's going to be some excitement in his bones and in, in his veins to, to want to go play good. Let's make sure we play well around him. Um, but the rapport that those guys have with their teammates, I, I think is, is one that's, that's real. Um, I thought they both had good weeks of preparation. I'd say today, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago that that Arch arguably had his best practice since he's been here. I would say today was Malik's best practice since he's been here, and uh, that's a good that's a good thing for us. That as the weeks gone on, his game has elevated, uh, his understanding of the game plan has elevated. 
um, his comfort level uh, managing all the things we do at the line of scrimmage um, has elevated. And I think his confidence has elevated because of it. And, and he had a really good practice today. I think the trust part is very important. Your, your teammates trust in you. I mean, trust is, trust is one of those things that's easily, easily said. I mean, yeah, I trust this. I trust that. I trust my uncle. I trust, you know, if you trust your wife or, or, or your significant other, you trust them with your life. You trust them with your family's life. This is, this is, this isn't life or death, but it, for, for a team that's been together, that's been around this young man for, for three years now, they truly, they, you'll see how much they trust him tomorrow when, when, the, when their play has to be just a little bit better. Trust is when you really show that you really trust, trust this guy. But here's what I have to do. This is what I'm going to do to help him out. This is going to be about me liking this kid enough, understanding him enough that he can't do this by himself. We're going to be, have to be at our best. We as a team, this will be all about the rest of the guys on the team. He's going to have his ups. He's going to have his downs in this game. Where's the trust come when he has his downs? What are you going to do to, to help him out when he gets in a tight situation? If he does throw a pick, if he does fumble the ball, if he doesn't get, if it's fourth and two, they don't get it and the ball's turned around. Where's your defensive guys? Are they going to trust to get that ball right back to him and say, okay, we trust in you. We're going to give it right back to you. Now what are you going to do with it? That's where the trust really comes in. When that, when that ball is snapped tomorrow, that, they're going to show you how much they trust that kid. Yep, that's very well said, Buck. And I like hearing that. And I like hearing Sark talking about how Malik Murphy had his best day of practice yesterday, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They practiced before that Zoom press conference. So Sark was literally talking about yesterday's practice being the best day of practice that Malik Murphy has had as a Texas Longhorn. Uh, that's good to hear, right? I mean, you would obviously hope over the course of this week that Malik Murphy has gotten better and that his understanding of this offense has picked up. But uh, hearing that just a couple of days before the game, that no, Malik Murphy looks as sharp as he's ever looked. That's and those kids have to trust in that coach that he's going to do the right things tomorrow too. Sure. But this might be that game, Buck. Like you, you've yes. talked about Sark needing to go out there and win you a couple of games this year. Well, he went out there and helped you win that Alabama game. No doubt. But this might be that other game, right? It could, could be next be week against right. K-State. But it's like, hey, you got a backup quarterback, a guy making his first career start this weekend. Uh, you got to make sure you coach – coach up and prepare a hell of a game plan to make sure that your team still looks really, really good, even though Quinn Ewers isn't on the field. Yeah, and even if you don't want to run it 50 times, if you have to win it to run that ball, to win that football game, and you have to do it, and you got to be disciplined enough to say, you know what, we're doing pretty well running the ball, moving the ball down the field. If we have to run it 50 or 60 times, guess what we're going to do? We have to win the game. That's the trust that my football team has in me, that I'm going to do what it takes for us to win. Not what it takes to have that kid be, you know, Player of, the year, player of the week in college football, I have to do what's best for the other guys on the football team in order for us to continue to go where we want to go. So that'll be a big deal for Sark tomorrow too. Yep, win the dang game. I mean, good teams win, great teams cover. So That's right. I wouldn't mind to cover either, but go out there and, and find a way to get the dub. Shout out to our friends at Altstadt Brewery. There you hey, go. If you want to feel like a winner this weekend, drink some Altstad beer. It's the best beer that you can find all throughout the state of Texas for your tailgates, for your watch parties. If you're just staying at home watching sports all weekend, it doesn't matter. It's never a bad time for a nice cold Altstad beer. They've got a number of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there. If you want to be the life of the tailgate, the life of the Halloween parties, you show up with a six-pack or maybe a couple of six-packs of Altstad beer. Please, whatever you do, remember to drink Altstad responsibly. Be safe, be smart, plan a sober ride home it's all stat beer no impurities no regrets and we will see all of you people out at covert b cave come join us sure. 
11.30 to 1. Norman Watkins will be there. We'll be talking some Texas football. We'll have free lunch. It'll be a ton of fun right I'll now. I'll see you shortly. There are the, there are the boys. Look at them. There they are. Oh, chaos theory. What's going on, gentlemen? Good morning, boys. Morning, Wags. You doing okay, man? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm a little sick. I'm a little under the weather. I got my I got my four eyes on my portholes on today, man. Because uh, I just my head's my head's a little bit funky right now, man. I I got. How's everything else? Your anal's your anal's all right? Everything good? You're not having to get up and go to the bathroom or any of that stuff. No, you know what? As a matter of fact, what you said, you know, it's funny because I wake up around 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. now. Um, I get the urge. I get the uh, the little body ticks. The body movements telling me, "Hey, man, you got to get up, or else you're going to pee the bed again." And, you know, I've been, yeah, you know, I've the second time that over, night. We've crossed <laughs> over from uh, going from the toddler syndrome to, to you know to adulthood back to uh, now yeah. I shit my and shit my pants and piss my pants again. <laughs> great, that's great. That's, that's the, the circle that, of life. They call that the circle of life. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that I know this circle. Next, next thing you know, I'll be needing diapers. You know what I mean? Yeah. As I sit and you know, as I sit through and and when the dog starts barking, I'm gonna start you know letting one go loose or something like that, man. It, <laughs> yeah. It's all coming undone, Buck. It's oh wild, my man. goodness, this is. And you see, I had a foot bath the other. I had a foot bath yesterday. You were giving me a little bit of inspiration, man. Taking care of myself. Yeah, do that. I saw that. Those were your legs, weren't they? They were my legs. Yeah. Wow, you know, if I if if I put my two feet in a thing like that, you know what happens after that? I start to pee. Did you didn't pee in the in the thing where your feet were? Did you? Well, it's funny because that's what kind of gave me the urge, man. I couldn't sit in the <laughs> thing. For, I couldn't sit there for longer than uh than longer than ten minutes. You know that that thing like that old urban myth: if you leave your hand in the you know in a bucket of water while you're oh, sleeping, yeah. you'll pee or whatever. Yeah, well, you do that do that at camp with the kids. I had at the camp. wet sensation, Buck. You know what I mean? You, you know really? how you're doing that to people at camp? I'm doing that to people at myself at my house. I'm peeing myself. Wow. So, is, well, you guys got a lot to works? talk about. Is that the way that works, Buck? Because it's like for me, it seems like more and more, I'm like having to get up and take a whiz yeah. at night. You know, I, I got a I got a CPAP machine to help me, you know, not snore, and you know, so my poor wife can get some rest. But it's like, man, I find myself getting up two times a night, and I'm like, man, I, I feel like I was just up taking a piss. What the hell's going on here? I average two a night. I'm I'm on the averages two a night for me at my age. I go twice. I do that twice a night and it's like automatic. Like if I turn one way, Oh, got to go. You know what I mean? So I, when I come back, the thing about me is Rodney, here's what, what happens with me. I have friends that if they go and use the bathroom, they have to stay up for an hour, an hour and a half before they get back to sleep. Before what? my head hits the pillow on the way back down, I'm already, I'm out. I'm out yeah. midair. I know I yeah. sleep. I, I can get back to sleep. I don't have problems getting back to sleep. So same way, same way. I, I reach over and I get my CPAP and put it back on. And my wife always says, you look like a fighter pilot. You know, I come to bed with that thing on <laughs> you know, all these pipes hanging out everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, here I come. Here comes Tom Cruise. Here comes Maverick. Time it, to go to bed. Dude, it's yeah. not easy. getting Maverick's old. coming to bed, baby. Maverick's not coming easy to, to bed, old, but don't bother me because I got to go to sleep. All right. You guys <laughs> have a great one. Hopefully we'll get PK on a CPAP machine. Slam it. 